All right, and we back with episode three of Steady Rotation. What it do? What it do? Hey man, again we're living good, eat phenomenally, about to talk about some phenomenal music. Life is good, man. Life is good. Phenomenal music. Who who are we talking about today? Yo, you ever heard of this guy called Ye? He makes really good beats, and he's kind of a decent rapper in my book. Oh yeah, the guy who like makes beats for Jay Z and Common. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard of him. I think he also likes to wear polos and stuff. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's trying to make shoes too. Backpack. Um, yeah. Um, I think with the news that Donda is going to be dropping at some point in our future, <laughs> um, maybe we don't have a set date. We thought we did, um, but we did watch the live stream event, which was it was an experience. You know, for what for what it's worth, I didn't mind it. I I thought it was it was basically just him showcasing what he was gonna be like, potentially gonna have on his you know album called Donda. Who knows if that's gonna be the name of the album? You know, a week from now, two weeks, a month, two years, whatever it's gonna be. But I did really. It was immersive. You know, I think he was feeling himself up there. It was nice to have like the stream with the 70,000 or however many thousand people that were there watching him and listening to the albums. Um, it was basically a glorified album streaming party. But I don't know. What what kind of takeaways did you have from, from the Donda live stream? So first and foremost, shout out to Apple Music for making the stream free. Blessing all the bro boys out here. Gotta appreciate that. I am fortunate enough that I had friends who are keeping an eye out on the live stream. So they just kind of sent me a text saying, hey, now it's starting. Instead of me having to like watch, you know, waiting the, rather than me being on standby, waiting for the live stream. Uh, visually, I find it to be very interesting. I like the minimal, minimalistic design, him being in a stadium surrounded by people. Yeah, it kind of seemed like he was like you know a snowy field. I know he wasn't, but I liked the I liked the uh, it was pretty contrast cool. of the red that he was wearing. Yeah, um, the sound quality. I mean, again, it didn't sound the best to me, but I you know, I figure you you take a yeah. point situation. You know, that's it's understandably that's gonna sound a little bit rough. So that's, that's that was true. Hmm? That was true. Like the I don't know what it was. I had headphones on, but I was like. It's like a mix in between like a live and actually listening to the studio album. I couldn't tell it like if it unless unless the album is like really shittily mixed, like then we got an issue here. But I I was assuming it was because of the live stream event, you know. Yeah. So, you know, factoring that in, I just kind of experienced. I just wanted to view this more as like a showcase of Kanye. Uh-huh. vibing out essentially if you think about it or him just like performing it, like think of it as a concert performance rather than like an introduction to the tape um, as for the actual songs that we got to hear obviously there's no track listing so you know forgive me if I you know butcher the titles but uh, I really like the song where he was crying and you know welching about his loss of the family I thought that how the song started off with his mother talking about the values of a man in contrast of him losing his family, like really hit a strong dichotomy because him going from losing his mother, which obviously like tr- truly struck him to now him losing his own family and 
you know, having to, you know, navigate the waters of now being like, you know, a co-parent or whatever the case may be, I thought really gave the song a strong emotional element that even though that his singing was very rough, very rough, it was. I could feel the emotions behind that song, which like, you know, still like still linger with me. Another performance that I really, really appreciated was, of course, Hurricane, especially uh, the second half. Go to the moon. Go to the moon. Go to the moon. That was a uh, Don Tolliver did his did his thing, man. He really did his thing. Then there's definitely some songs that, again, I don't know the tracks of, unfortunately, that really just stood out to me. That has some really cool, interesting production choices. And then the final track, Going to Jail or Throne Part Two or whatever featuring Jay Z. How do you feel about that? It definitely got me excited. It was like um, it was like the academics, like uh, you know, when he was listening to Astro World, and like he's like, "Is that Drake? Is that Drake?" It, it was kind of similar on a, I, I, on a little bit a much more scalar, uh, smaller scale. Um, you know, I did get a little hype that I was like, "Oh shit, it's Jay Z." I thought they, you know, they must have like corrected their beef. You know, maybe the divorce played something into that. Who knows? You know, we could just speculate on whatever. Um, but yeah, I I was pleasantly surprised, and I I was okay actually with that being the last song on the album. Um, I thought, what better way to kind of end it like on this note with Jay Z coming in after what like ten years, twenty eleven, right? Watch the throne. Oh yeah, yeah, you're yeah. right. Watch the throne. That's the last official thing they worked on together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So well, yeah. No, uh, I just remember hearing that beat. I was feeling the energy. He's talking about, you know, DOIs having priors. I'm like, okay, maybe, you know, like, I, I like the lyrical content and I liked how he's writing the beat. It had, like, that Jesus energy to it. And especially since it was in a live performance, it just kind of amped up the energy to 11. And then, you know, yep. like you said, like, I heard someone's voice and my ears kind of perked up for a quick second wondering, hold up, is that who I think it is? And then, you know, you hear a whole spit of verse. And then Ho, I, I even like the verse, the part where Ho said, like, hey, man, we're taking that red cap away. We're going back home. Which yeah. I really appreciate it because that means that obviously they addressed the whole uh, MAGA saga back in the day and were able to, you know, reconcile their differences, which I really respected. And while I wouldn't say that that was, I didn't expect that to be, quote unquote, the closing track of the performance, I wasn't mad that, the you know, the live stream ended on that song because it was such a strong highlight note. Like, like you said, it, it kind of put my academics face on like, okay, I'm getting hype. So, Again, ending on a good note, you know, my in my personal book. And I I don't want to judge the album yet because I want to hear the studio version. I want to see how is this going to sound like once everything is mixed and mastered towards the liking of Ye or my D and uh-huh. whoever's in the studio. And whoever maybe needs to throw in a feature verse and or <clears throat> tighten up their verse. You know, uh... Until all that is situated, I'm, I'm going to reserve judgment on Don. Who, who, are, who are you referring to? I think you know who I'm referring to, sir. I think uh, he, I think you know exactly who I'm referring to. Who, Baby Kim? No, nah, Baby Kim was fine, but, you know, maybe Kanye could have, you know, uh, finished what he was trying to say instead of freestyle or uh, oh, some of okay. his uh, performances. I thought you were talking about you know? the features. No, 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 I'm talking about the big man himself. But one thing that one thing he was doing on this particular album that really stood out to me and I want to see I want to see how this sounds again mix and master and quote unquote perfected is he infused his mother's voice 
in some you know some you know in some of the clips but also some of the beats specifically the song with um him and Jim and Travis Scott like do you remember how he kind of heard his mom's like vocal sample was like kind of added into the beat whenever like Travis was doing the it's just so right part which again I can't quote word for because I don't have the you know lyrics in front of me unfortunately like I don't think I anyone has again, the lyrics <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't think anyone has the lyrics yeah and well Kanye does Kanye and God but with that being said, like I just remember hearing his mother's voice incorporated into the beat, and I found that to be artistically super interesting. And I want to yeah. see what he's gonna do with that idea in a more refined process. So that's why I hold, you know, I hold judgment. I just looked at this as a great showcase, you know, something to feed the fans. It and is. Now the yeah. fans will wait or rage until Kanye decides to drop Donde or God's Country or whatever else is on the chopping block. Who knows? Could it be Thermographic Sixteen? You never know. Mm. Um. Yeah, I mean, when the live stream ended, I was kind of, I, I, and looking back at you know that night, like I was just trying to think about like, was I hyped because I actually liked what I heard or saw in the live stream, or was I hyped just because simply it's Kanye, and you know he's he is the world's biggest rapper, you know I, I still think Artist. he is. Hmm. This is debatable. Um, notorious, maybe, yes, most notorious <laughs> artists, popular, uh, you know, there are a lot of, there are way too many artists, to, I think that beat him out now, especially, because he's kind of, he's kind of died down a bit in terms of popularity, I think, he still, he still manages to get millions and millions of people get on hold, but at the same time, I think with this live streaming event, it kind of made me question you know what's worth the hype now from from the Kanye uh, camp. Am I really particularly hyped for Donda? Yeah, I, I guess on some level because I would do want to hear some new Kanye. You know, after Jesus is King. You know, I, I'm st I, I'm still waiting to hear. I guess the new direction that he's trying to go in now, because now it's, you know, if we're working off of Jesus is King. And Donda mm -hmm. seems to still have some of those qualities and sounds from Jesus is King, especially with, I, I don't even know what the track name was, but when, like, I th it was either the choir or someone singing, but it just kept, like, the the vocals just kept on soaring and soaring. There was nothing else underneath, um, underneath those vocals except maybe, like, some synths or piano. And I was like, okay, he's he's still on this, you know, I don't know if it's Christian rap, but like, he's still connected with God. He's trying to implement some religious aspects into this. But, you know, until the album drops, I can't really say anything um, in terms of, was that live stream event indicative of what we're going to get? I don't think so. Otherwise, he would have dropped the album. But, and now that we kind of know that Jay-Z kind of shipped in that verse that same day, that same afternoon. Are we going to still have that track on there? You know, are we still going to have some of those features? You know, Lil Durk kind of said that he wasn't able to make it on the plane to go record with Kanye, but Lil Durk was still on that album. Um, did Kanye act like, did Kanye have just a Lil Durk feature verse ready to go? He just threw it on there or was Lil Durk just, you know, was he just like lying to us or like trolling us a little bit? Um, 
So I don't know, man. It, 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 just looking back at the Yeezus and the the Life of Pablo releases, um, and just kind of thinking back to like there was really a whole movement behind it, um, an artistic movement from Kanye. But with this, it's a little bit different because all we're getting is that this album is supposedly the concept is or it's going to be inspired um you know from Kanye's mom Donda I'm curious to see you know with how they implemented the vocals into the production and like Mm -hmm. kind of pushing the envelope in that way that's interesting to me like if we're gonna if we're really gonna use Donda as like maybe a concept or an overall theme to the album or like motherhood or whatever it's going to be I think it'll mm-hmm. actually be a really good album. But, and, you know, the quality of the live stream, like, I couldn't hear everything. But at the same time, I don't think I really heard or f- nothing really stuck out to me as something that was really related, you know, outright about Donda. Um, and that maybe I just have to rewatch the live stream and pay more attention to the lyrics. Um, but yeah. I definitely will say that, and again, right, because he named this project after his, you know, mother, you know, may she rest in peace. And obviously, that kind of holds a lot of weight. We, we know how much Donna means to Kanye. So it's one of those interesting questions towards how Kanye, like you said, will incorporate, like, the intensity of his love for his mother into this project. Because, again, outside of the vocal clips that were used and those specific instances of her vo- voice being used inside of the instrumentation, I don't necessarily see the direct connection. I just, I guess I'm giving Kanye the benefit of the doubt to say that since the live stream was just that, this was not the final album, he'll be able to, you know, tighten up the concepts and every, you know, the ideas. Yeah. I like the uh, fact that you brought up, you know, whether or not the live stream in itself was hype or that people enjoyed it because Kanye was doing it. Because I definitely will say that having experienced a live stream of someone who isn't, you know, a, a Yeezy Yeezy stand. I, I'm not going to use the word that it felt underwhelming, but it definitely felt sloppy, semi-similar in the sort of vein of, you know, A Life of Pablo, how that album kind of went through its life cycle from the yeah. different names that it got to then its different mixes when it got released first in title and then everywhere else. Uh-huh. But, um, and... And again, there's something beautiful about the sort of spontaneous creativity that we're, that's currently being on display here. But I also will say that, you know, as a person who wants to engage with his music, you know, and especially with the music being called Dande, right? Like, again, like this isn't just, you know, album, whatever. Like, you called this album after your late mother. There's this part of me that feels like you would have presented this in a very, I don't say classy way, but it would have, been, it would have presented in a very purposeful way. So that whatever message you're trying to, you know, come are trying to give, would come across easily. And right now, it just feels like a, a sort of mess. Because again, no one expected Kanye to drop this week. He didn't tweet some point, you know, sometime in the past, like, "Hey, album coming soon" or "album coming blank." So if this live stream was just him literally wanting to share a musical idea and concept, cool. But I feel like he could have maybe had a level of transparency with conveying that instead of leading people on to assume that this there's an album coming. And then we're waiting, and then people kind of thought maybe it's going to be July 24th because of a tweet he dropped last year, and it doesn't seem to be the case now. It's going to be pushed to August 6th. Supposedly. And, you know, again, like, well, ultimately we're going to wait. 
I definitely think that Kanye is a musical genius and he can make great stuff. But I will say that this is the first offering, right? Like his introduction to where his headspace at musically. He's not he's not making any new he's not reaching any new heights in my personal opinion. And one could arguably say that he's not as tight he's not tightened up his music is not as tight tightly made as it once was. But you know. I'm sure I'll, I'll just I'll, looking at the live stream just as is it you know it's something that I'm happy I enjoyed but I'll simply say that if I like this is not something if, if you know, excuse me if I could go back in time you know knowing what I know now I probably would have if it, assumed that the album would have dropped I probably wouldn't have waited to for the live stream I would have probably watched it on the weekend or sometime when I was free I would have I would not have made time out of my day or schedule to catch the live stream as it was happening I probably would have just watched the replay or something. Or even just watch, you know, or listen to the album. But, you know, those are my uh, quick top, quick thoughts. Kanye fans don't kill me. No, I don't think they'll kill you. I, I, it was just such a weird, in terms of, like, what did he want to accomplish with that? Like, was the, did he go in with that live stream with the idea of, like, okay, I'm going to gonna present this. You know, this is my album. I want everyone here to kind of listen to it. And then an hour after that, the album's going to drop everywhere. Or was he going in knowing that he wasn't going to drop it, which kind of changes things because I do think he, if, if he was going to do that, then what, then what was the point of putting, you know, on, on the beats commercial that this was going to come out in 48 hours? Like, I don't think, um, I don't think that's really, I don't think we deserve that kind of non-transparency, as you say, like, if, if you're going to say all these things, like, you know, follow through on, on, on some end with it. But then it also makes you think, like, you know, option C, which is he goes in, does the live stream, and then realizes, like, oh, sh like, this is actually not that great. I need to change things, you know. Or maybe I, I just need to tweak things a bit over here, you know, like he, like with what he did with The Life of Pablo, but I, is this a habit I want him to keep like start doing all the time every time he drops an album like like no like this is such a like I understand like one track but with something like with the life of Pablo not only did he like change a lot on some of the tracks that he did he added a whole song you know and split up a song into two parts with you know wolves was just originally just wolves and then he split it up into Wolves and then Frank's song. So it's, I don't know. It, it's interesting now that we're going to, I think we're going to start heading into like, you know, the beginnings of Kanye and like looking back at his discography, starting off with the college dropout and, you know, re-listening to that album is like, it's like, who is this guy? Like, like this is a completely different artist than what I'm hearing on like the life of Pablo, like yay, not necessarily Jesus is king, but it's it's there's so much I don't know I don't know what it is. It's not necessarily hunger because he he had already proven himself as a as a producer, but there is an element of hunger on there. There's an element of like trying to shine through with his own talent and energy. You know he's he's not really like desperate to kind of like be hungry on his own album because he knows it's an amazing album and the topics and 
and in terms of just the 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 lyrics um some of the themes he touches upon it's so it's so refreshing because a lot of the things that he was rapping about you know back then are like still relevant in terms of the societal issues that we're facing you know even the elements of religion is like nice to hear because he's focusing on that compared to an album like jesus is king where supposedly this is a a christian album or gospel inspired rap but we're kind of trying to absolve ourselves with religion but still focusing in it on on ourselves somehow you know only kanye can do that when you're trying to make your own christian gospel album you still manage to you know you still manage to not focus on religion. You still manage to make this album about me and my issues and whatever. But hey, look, look, bro. Yeah. I want. I would like us to go to the timeline. Here are like my final points or final notes of the live, the live stream experience, and what it just leads me to think about Kanye. Right. I don't think that. I'm. I'm not of the school of thought where there's an old and new Kanye. I think Kanye's always been the same guy. I think what's interesting, though, is that... I disagree. Right, again, about the lack of transparency, that, or that I'm, again, I'm sort of assuming, is Kanye's in this... What makes Kanye such a pervasive character in our current culture is the fact that he is not beholden to anyone. He does what Kanye wants to do, and that's something that we've always kind of admired about him, right? Remember when he uh, spoke out for gay rights back when it wasn't really that cool to do so in hip-hop? Or when he was talking about, you know, George, George Bush not being too fond about black people, you know, things of that nature. And even when he was like, you know, repping, you know, Trump, despite me not necessarily rocking with that statement, he's ultimately just doing what makes sense to him, which is at least something that most people can gravitate towards to, even if not with every individual point. But then you're dealing with the dichotomy where he also loves the attention. So this man doesn't want, he just wants to do whatever he wants to do, but he also wants everybody to look and pay attention at what he's doing. And that sometimes just creates a sort of, you know, again, tumultuous relationship where it's like, Kanye, it's cool that you're being yourself and doing live streams. It's cool that you decide to scrap a project. It's cool that you do this, but like, why are you trying to make it into a big deal, making it so self-absorbed, right? Like he even mentioned about Jesus is King that... It obviously speaks towards his affinity towards God, but like you said, it definitely feels more about Kanye, quote-unquote, being a Christian, then maybe Kanye giving thanks or glory towards, you know, the God that he serves now. Yeah. And, you, you know, obviously, you can you can take it, you, you can like that or not, that's up to you. But it's just one of those weird things where that ego, that, again, like, again, Kanye's a genius, but Kanye's an ego, and those two things, like, sometimes clash, and it can lead towards a tumultuous ride for fans. It's, you know, sometimes, like you said, sometimes, like, yo, Kanye, you know, scoopity-whoop-poop-dee-poop, remember that track? Uh-huh. I mean, like that was funny and all. Like it, it was a, it was a funny and cool song. But also, like you, you didn't have to release that song. Like you know, you could have just said, "No, nah, that's that's for the fan and that's for the vault." And then, like, no, like he decided to release it because guess what? He's Kanye West, and it will make sense. And you know what? That song reached number two on the Hot 100 charts. That man knows the power that he has, and uh, I think it's dangerous that, you know, I think it's dangerous when a guy knows how much pull or weight that they carry because it kind of like makes them a little bit arrogant in how that they present stuff rather than the humble or hunger that, you know, they kind of show in the beginning stages. But yeah, with that being said, though, college dropout. 
how do you feel about this first outing of producer slash rapper Kanye West or Kane West as he used to call him back in the day? Um, <clears throat> no, like, yeah, like just bring you back to college dropout. I think it's a quintessential album of that decade. I would even yes. go as far as saying it's, it's one of Kanye's classic albums. There are a lot of tracks that it, it's funny because a lot of people always talk about, you know, and I think we'll get into this as well with graduation in terms of sounding outdated. And there are some tracks on the college dropout that do sound outdated, but a lot of it still holds up. Um, and I just think with tracks like All Falls Down, Through the Wire, um, Family Business, all these tracks, like, they still kind of, they, they give you, like, it, it's like getting kind of excited listening to him kind of rap, you know, about whatever it is, women, cars, religion, you know, the streets, uh, the black experience. He's rapping on here, you know. At the very least, we can say that Kanye has actually has an album where he raps consistently on it, and he has features on there that pull through as well. With Jamie Foxx, you know, making his first appearance on this album, uh, Twista, Ludacris, all these guys, Jay Z at the end. Um, I just think Big Hope. It, it it it's a nice soft spot for me in my heart because. It was really like one of the first hip hop albums that I did listen to back in high school. Um, but I think we can all consider that it's like, you know, it, it, it it's on its own pedestal. And yeah. As someone who jumped on the Kanye train later, probably in the second half or third act, arguably, listening to this album and Listening to the album, understanding that this album influenced the you know the rap landscape forever, right? Giving birth to so many so many of his children, like Chance the Rapper and others. <laughs> I have to say that this album sounds rejuvenating. It sounds fresh. I think the first thing that really stood out to me is hunger. I'm not. I will never call Kanye quote unquote the most technical or most proficient rapper ever. I don't think that's his lane and I don't think he needs to get in that lane. Uh -huh. But when I heard this man rapping on this first album, I could like I could feel the bars that he wrote on his notepad and then it would erase and then rewrite and it would freestyle and then sort of like think about it. You can tell there's like a, a certain level of amateurishness to it, but also a certain hunger towards it that he wants to actually write something that's funny or witty or clever or just like kind of makes sense in the like makes sense in the scheme it kind of goes back to putting time and effort into what you're saying instead of making it sound cool or good which is different in our current landscape but just hearing just how you rap just put a smile on my face and then the samples the man was chopping up look Kanye's not the first man to chop up samples in the hip-hop game and he won't be the last yeah but Kanye honestly might be like top top five top top five best choppers in the game like I don't know how that man thinks about it, how he does it, but it's just so amazing. And then you even brought up All Falls Down. This man has like radio records or very accessible records you could play in a, you know, a social setting that are, again, has a great bounce here. But when you actually listen to what he's saying, there is a, 
I don't want to use the word message, but there is, um, he makes music that's relatable to the average person. Like he, he raps about his experiences or about the experiences of the common man. And there's just something very relatable about it that it just makes you feel good. It makes you think just enough. You know, it's not, you know, I, I won't call it Lupe fiasco by any means, but it's not just music to be played in the background or to be vibing out. To. No. You can actually, you know, absorb, you can digest some of these lyrics, bro. And, Again, just going, just listening to this is his first outing. Like, what? This man came out the gate swinging. Like, if I listened to this as a kid, oh my goodness, I might really be a Kanye stan. All I gotta say is that college dropout is. I don't. I don't even want to give you a top five on the on the track list because literally, like, all the songs to me hit. Well, I mean, except for one. All right, call me a hater. I don't really care too much for that song "Slow Jams" featuring Twister. That that was. It's cool, but yeah, I'm not gonna skip it. But I would have removed it on the track list if you know I was in the in the studio, or whatever. But great first, great first start. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, I'm, <clears throat> I mean, I, I like slow jams. Like, I, I would I remove it? No, like you have to think about the context back in '05, uh, where that song was probably true, true. '04, where that album, where that song was hot. Um. Yeah, nothing much more to say outside of, I, I I do miss a lot of the social commentary that Kanye did talk about on this album in terms of the black experience in growing up in America, maybe um, what it's like to kind of be, you know, in the industry, you know, as a hip hop artist, but, you know, really where you come from, from a city like Chicago um, and we don't really hear that anymore from him. So when you kind of pop on this album and even other albums up up until a certain point, you you still get that inside look or, you know, in terms of, you know, this is what it's really like, you know, this is how I came up. These are the struggles that I came up with, you know, or I, that, that I dealt with. And like, man, like it's, it's not like Kendrick Lamar level, but it, it, it's this album and Kanye back then was a popular artist and he still managed to have this album chart this album sell a lot of units this album having singles that were popular and I guess maybe the formula and the game has changed a lot since this album dropped but it, it really makes me miss or makes me wonder about if he can kind of reintroduce or revisit some of the things that he was saying or if he's so far removed from this era of his life you know now that he is he's like is he a billionaire now he got six billies you know okay i don't know i don't know about six billies but you know he is married to the most famous family in the world or he was um one of the biggest selling artists and you know i think he's a little bit removed from the stuff that he was rapping on the college dropout. And not to say the music that he's dropped, you know, since becoming uber famous and super rich isn't good either. Like, we would never have gone The Life of Pablo, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Like, those albums are great too. Um, but it makes me wonder sometimes, like, like, what happened to Kanye? Like, uh, did he lose sight, you know? Did did Hollywood change him or whatever it was or maybe is this just growth and you know I'm just kind of looking back at this with rose tinted glasses 
and just wishing, you know, for more shit like this. But yeah, College Dropout to me is one of Kanye's classics and it kickstarted off his career in the best possible way. You've got the mainstream songs on here. You've got the conscious raps on here. You've got the production. You've got the bars. You've got the features. Hell, you even have a, a one of the dopest like cover arts of that of that decade for any album. Um, like he knocked it out of the park on all fronts. So, yeah. And the skits weren't corny. Yeah, the skits weren't that bad either. You can get through them, and and they match what the album is about. It's not like you know you're just like okay, this is whack. Why are we listening to this? But. I late registration. Let me start. Yeah. This is my personal favorite of his. I think the late registration used the formula of dropout and just tighten up on everything. He tightened up on his flows. He yeah. tightened up on the production. Yep. You know, Feature still did what they had to do. Songs like Roses. Oh, come on. Songs like songs like Addiction. Oh, come on. Songs like We Major. Yeah, we major. <laughs> Even songs like Celebration, which, I mean, you know, small random tangent. When I heard that song, I could clearly hear how, you know, Kanye, uh, Tyler was influenced by Kanye, which as a yeah. Tyler fan, I can always be appreciative to say, oh, that's why, you know, your offspring of his. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, but, those synths. Man, that that album is just like, again, it's just like the the perfect next step. In my personal book, like I know Sandy said, it's like more of yeah. the same, but like, yeah, I mean, mm. and again, again, especially in like the again, especially you know, removing the future album, right? Just like he dropped this amazing body work, and now he's just like using that formula by tightening it up. I just think this is the he did not fall into the sophomore slump. That much I'll say, he did not fall into the sophomore yep. slump. Literally, there's only like one song again where. I can do without and this time I actually feel it's just because the production feels a little bit weird for me it's a uh, what's it uh, it's like bring me down I don't know the, the drums felt a little too a little too fast for me with the live instrument or the violin or the piano makes just uh, it, it felt weird to me it felt out of place but again that's the personal taste it's not a bad song but again man this take it away take it away I, take it away please <laughs> All right, so here's my take about late registration. You hate it. In terms of my personal, like, favorite Kanye projects, I would put four to five albums in front of it, uh, depending <laughs> depending if we're talking about solo projects or collab projects. Because if we're talking about everything that Kanye has his name on, then, you know, Kitsy, Kitsy goes, you know, takes a spot in front of it. However, I do recognize that going from college dropout to this album and everyone here just heard like how much we love and have raved about college dropout and how perfect it was as a, as a debut project to go from that to late registration and clean up everything, make everything sound so much more pristine, still sticking with some of this, the, the topics that we were talking about before, but doing right, it music. even better on this album like songs like addiction roses even like heard him say too like it's amazing to kind of look at this album and like you you can't deny that this is bar for bar track for track his arguably his best album you know i think 
it, it's either that or, or between another album, which we'll get to later. But no, I, I do recognize that this is, you know, up there. It, it, it's undeniably like, if not his best, the best album that he's come out with. Again, the features, Nas, um, GLC, Jay-Z, I mean, Cameron, Brandy, Common, The Game, Paul Wall, Lupe, even Adam Levine from Maroon 5. And also, <laughs> like, I think the album, along with My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, have the best uh, three songs that break the album open, you know. Even though there is a skit that starts it up with Wake Up Mr. West. Um, Wake Up Mr. West? Uh, you go from Heard Him Say to Touch the Sky to Gold Digger. Like, back-to-back bangers. And, Say less, man. Yeah. And, and it does bring <laughs> me back to, like, sophomore year in high school, like, listening to this album. And, yeah. Yo, let me ask you this. Do you think that the album ends better at the you know the last track or the bonus track or excuse me the hidden track mm. you mean ending on on gone yeah or i think it know. ends better on gone <laughs> it, it ends better on gone do i mind late now not really i oh. like the beat of late that's why but i will say that's also because Late Loki definitely reminds me of a couple of semesters I've had, so that's why it's like, oh, oh. like you know, again, listening, to, I definitely understand why college kids love Kanye uh-huh. from these two tapes, definitely. But, anyways, two for two, con- consistent progression. Now, my man's is no longer in school, he's a graduate. Graduation, how do you feel about this? Because obviously, this album impacted you more than it did me. Yeah, no, I, I love this album. I I get the hate. I get the, you know, this shit sounds outdated as hell. I get the whole, like, how do you like a song like Barry Bonds? Um, uh, Barry Bonds is flame. What the fuck are they talking about? Well, a lot of people don't like that song. Nah, and a lot of but, people smoke crack. <laughs> true. But, I, no, I love this album. I think some of the peaks... On this album, there are undeniably a few songs on this album that are some of Kanye's best. You can put them in the top 10 of his, uh, in terms of singles, or just tracks individually, um, in his top 10. What track those are, it depends who you ask, but it's up for debate in terms of like, you can throw like Flashing Lights, Good Life, um, Good Morning, Stronger, uh, Can't Tell Me Nothing. I would... You know they could all fight it out in terms of making it making it in to the top ten of Kanye's best songs, but mm-hmm. I mean those songs, man, they're still being played today. They're still fire. Like, but then you have to look at the the other songs. You know, songs like Drunken Hot Girls, Homecoming, Big Brother, Barry um, Bonds. Like, yeah, like I do like that song, but I can also see why people you know, might not like it. Uh, it is a bit of a a slow, lurching beat. Um, and then Lil Wayne comes in, too, and doesn't really do much for it. He doesn't bring it down, but... Uh, yeah. And it's, like, right in the middle of the whole album. It goes from Can't Tell Me Nothing to Barry Bonds and then to Drunken Heart Girls. 
and then it picks back up with flashing lights. Um, so. so, all right, graduation. Again, you know, I did this. This I didn't listen to this album in like a pivotal in my youthful years. This is just something I happened to go back to. Initially, like my first listen, I couldn't even finish it to be honest with you because I just couldn't care for the sound of it. It sounded dated. A lot of the beats sounded reminiscent of the Blank Era type of instrumentation, which my ears are not accustomed to. I don't play me production from the, the mid 2000s. I find it to sound very wonky. I, I'm a I'm a big fan from like the stuff in the 80s and 90s because they used to you know do vinyl scratches and stuff like. You know, they, they used to do sampling a lot. And then in 2010s onwards, they kind of figured out how to use Ableton, Fruity Loops and all that stuff. But that 2000 era, the, those beats kind of, uh, they sound very wonky to me. But, you know, I said, you know, you got to at least formulate an opinion on this album. Love it or hate it. So I finally gave it a listen. And honestly, and again, right, like I'll, uh, in the context of this being his like third album and also kind of being this thing that cemented Kanye West as a, like household name this album is very reminiscent to me in the same regards how damn what damn did for kendrick lamar i don't think that graduation is better than dropout or late registration holistically but i do think that where the artist was at when that album dropped and what the peaks that this you know the the the, the highlights of this specific album was able to do for kanye allowed Kanye to be cemented in the rap game forever, so to speak. And it also showcases ability to make catchy songs, like actually like, or like music that goes beyond just rap, but just like music that can be appreciated by any, you know, by any genre listener, which is like really engaging. And honestly, like after listening to the beats, honestly, the beats don't sound that bad in my book. Like I'm, I was probably just hating or something. I must've been mad or something, but I like, I like it a lot. Okay. That's not true. I like it. I'd give it like a solid B plus, like B B plus. And honestly, it's damn, B, really it's a good. Yeah, no, I like it. It's, it's really like I How? like the only don't so what? How I like the album more than you, and I wouldn't even give it a B plus. Well, I mean, like we I mean, we grade on different scales, so like we we can talk about our grading system, grading system at another you know another point, maybe a video or something. Okay, but it's just to say that the album honestly doesn't do anything too crazy. The songs that the, the one song that. <sighs> Drunken Hot Girls. I don't know what Kanye was thinking. That could have gone straight to the trash bin. I don't know. I don't even know how he yeah, conceived of such song. a song. That that's I don't know. But everything else, I mean, great, like Big Brother. It makes sense of why he made it in the time. Listening to it now, I I can still appreciate the rawness because it, it's again Kanye being raw with his emotions, which he kind of did on the, you know drop out. Like in his, excuse me, in his previous two albums, which obviously is something we like. So he's just being candid, and even the uh, what the, the Homecoming song. You know, like it, it sounds dated, but not dated bad. Just dated, like oh yeah, it sounds a little old, but it still rings, so to speak. So, yeah, I have no real criticisms on that tape, but I will definitely say that unlike the previous two, I definitely have like a clear top three, top five instead of just loving the tape from top to bottom. But like, what are your top three, top fives? On if you, on if you got them for graduation, flashing lights. Um, okay. I wonder. I wonder. I think is probably my favorite song on that album. Um, mm. it, it really just hits home. It, it just. It's very introspective, and the whole tone of that song matches the lyrics and the production, mm-hmm. and it kind of closes out in this wonderful way. That I, I wish this could have been the last track 
on the album. Like maybe if, yeah, I guess I get Big Brother in the context of this album, but I would, I would like throw out first of all throw out Drunken Hot Girls, throw out Homecoming, or put Homecoming somewhere else. Um, throw out Big Brother, put it somewhere else. But if 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 it went from like the glory to, I wonder it would have been like such a great, you know, great ending to this album. But um, but yeah. So, good life. I wonder. Can't tell me nothing. Flashing lights. Uh, probably my favorite songs on this project. I feel you. If I had to give you like the undeniables in my book, everything that I am. But again, I'm a sample guy. Mm-hmm. DJ Premier. Come on. No, it's a great Say track less. too. Mm-hmm. Stronger. Say less. Say less. Good morning. Yeah, honestly, that that honestly gave the album a strong like that was a great start to the album like uh-huh. kanye definitely knew how to start his albums back then uh i'll then add glory and then i'll add glory as like the other one and then it's and then the last for the for the fifth spot it's like a it's between homecoming and um barry bonds i like barry bonds because they're just two dudes rapping but yeah. I, can, I definitely will say that that well i don't i didn't mind the production the production felt bare bones it almost felt like a song that was not finished if you know what i mean like they were maybe missing some bells and whistles yeah but again before what i like in my rappers it, it fed me what i needed so again graduation samantha this man i think that the peaks of graduation really show Kanye's creative ability but i will say that overall there's definitely more misses in this body of work than in this previous stuff yeah you know no there's definitely a lot more misses to- he he didn't have to he didn't have to shoot for an A this time for for lack of a better term he didn't mm-hmm. you know so it's something that you know I don't think it ages it ages nearly as well as some of his other projects but it's definitely definitely not bottom tier definitely no. not bottom tier mm-hmm. definitely not and yeah. then we come to your favorite hell no work. this is not my favorite I, I definitely give it a lot more respect than a lot of people in this world do. Um, especially hey man, in the hip hop, in the hip hop genre, shout out some names, bro. Uh, you know, you want names. Captain Kirk, Captain Kirk what Edward, Cap- Captain Kirk Edward loved this album. What are you talking about? Oh, that's true. He did like it. Yeah. Um, I guess you don't like it first and foremost. Ooh. You hate this shit. I mean, like, uh, this is what I don't get. You know, the man. We we always preach. You know. You know, if we like an artist, we're like, man, like it'd be cool if they like stick to what they they're good at, you know. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, maybe they could push the envelope a little bit more. Like, like this man, like not only did that, but did it in the most vulnerable way, in the most in the most challenging genre as well. You know, in terms of hip hop, this dude really put his heart on his sleeve after mom dying first of all and also breaking up with i can't remember if it was girlfriend or fiance it could have been fiance at that point um so the dude was just heartbroken and it's it's just that age old you know the artist creates their art out of the either depression or heartbreak and he came out with this album and a lot of people hated it. I, I distinctly remember when this album came out and how much people were shitting on it i remember the south park episode I remember people just being like, you know, what the hell is this this shit? And just being upset that Kanye is not rapping, so to speak, 
he does rap on this album if you care to listen to the album and you know get a little bit past the first song six minutes you know sure he sounds a lot very depressing on say you will but just you know hit the skip button if you want but yeah i i I hold this album in a higher regard than i guess maybe the general or you know yeah the general listener um, am I going to say it's his best project? No, I think there are also there are also lows on this album. I wouldn't necessarily call them misses because the songs that I consider that the ones that I don't like are I feel like um, don't meet the mark as some of the songs that I do like on this album. They still fit nicely within the context of this album in terms of heartbreak, loss, you know, emotionality. I do still think that the songs have value at the end of the day and they do contribute to the overall concept of this album um but i do understand well i actually don't understand why people hate on this album so much you know if they just care to listen and you know access their feelings a little bit and you know understand that you know a hip-hop artist a black man can make an album like this and you can listen to it and you know your masculinity is not is not in any danger if you if you say you enjoy this album i'm not i'm not saying this right. about you but i'm just saying in, in terms of the general public this is what i hear from a lot of people who like hip-hop and like kanye they're like no i don't like that shit he's talking about his feelings and stuff i'm like oh i'm sorry like we don't have feelings like, get over yourself like it's a good album like if you can get over that fact it's fine all right we have to set this <laughs> so look again uh i'll i'll simply i'll be very candid with the fans until very recently i was very much one of those people who would just talk smack and shit about this album say this needs to go to the dustbin straight to the recycle bin but <laughs> i also recognize that despite me not liking this album i recognize that the influence and the impact of this album Regardless if you want to say this is Kanye's movement or Kid Cudi's movement or T-Pain, depend, you know, depending on who you ask, like, who's the originator of this sound, 808s and Heartbreak is a quintessential album within the landscape of hip-hop for the past 10, even 15 years. Drake took that sound and ran with it, perfected it, you know, did all that stuff. And look at all the children that are now emotional and rap about whatever's on their emotional stuff. Because remember... There was a time that, I, like, outside of rapping about, like, say, the death of a friend or a family member, you don't really show emotions. Again, you know what it is. Stacking money. Fucking these hoes. Selling drugs. Um, uh-huh. Talking about politics. Uh, you know, like, emotional, the emotional talking welfare. Talking about politics. <laughs> okay, yeah, you, no, 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 no. I, I, I got what you're saying. I, I thought you were, like, lumping in that with, like, you know, you know how you get girls? You know, you flash your money. You talk about, like... You know how many girls you've bagged, and you also talk about politics. I was like, "What?" <laughs> I, mean, I, I understand that, what you're saying before. But yeah, anyways. so Kanye, Kanye's vulnerability allowed hip hop to expand its range of topics, and I think that that is for the better because it just allows for more type of music to exist, and more type of music just means more people can enjoy hip hop. Beautiful. So once I gave this album a listen, with the understanding that this album obviously is impactful. Or revolutionary. I, I truly wanted to sit down and figure out what am I missing or what is it that irks me about this tape. And I've come to the realization that honestly, this album is not a classic in my book. Hell no. I'll never call this album a classic. But this might honestly be 
my, honestly might be Kanye's most revolutionary project that he's ever released, or at least from his solo work. In the fact, in the terms that he chose a more minimalistic approach, where he wasn't, you know, hitching with bar for bar for bar, and was trying to like introduce melodic flows. And here's the thing: Kanye's not a singer; he's not an R and B guy. But he was able to use auto tune and you know other techniques like harmonizing and all that stuff to sort of create a vibe and ethereal yes. feeling. That even though that again, you don't have to be a great singer; you could still kind of create these sing-songy vibes. An artist that I think really, you know, took like an artist that was definitely influenced by that approach is Mac Miller, someone who, when he dropped his uh, Circles album, I'm still in love with that to this day. So, having listened to the tape, I want my hip hop and. This album's clearly not hip hop, so it, it, you know, I'll never go, I'll never willingly listen to this tape. But what this tape does, when it when it hits, quote unquote, I think it really is interesting. I'm not the biggest fan of the production because I think it sounds very, very tame in comparison to what type of electronic music I'm exposed to. But I do think that once the when the minimalistic production kind of hits, it really hits on like a core understanding, like wow, this guy's really a genius. Uh, the lyrical the lyrical components definitely felt a little bit more like low key, but when you feel the emotions that he's conveying, I think you got it resonates. So he this album feels very minim- minimalistic in production, which is not the type of sound I gravitate towards. But once, but if there's a song, but once I hear a song that does the style right, I'm like, damn, Kanye, you are a fucking genius. Um, as for songs that really stood out to me, Streetlights, that's a song that just makes me tear up every time i hear it i don't even know why it's not super sad or anything like that but it just like that like that that you know brings up some of the emotions and you don't really experience that too much in the hip-hop realm so like i have to give you know give him props for that another song that i really enjoy is paranoid phenomenal i just like the energy of the beat and the feature in there i like welcome to heartbreak it's cool nightmare is also fun i like the uh the use of auto-tune by Lil Wade on that track i felt like it it was used to enhance a vibe rather than use it as a crutch for lack of a better term and i'll even give heartless i'll even throw heartless in there in the top five cap that's cap you said you didn't like that song now you're trying to appeal to the now you're trying to appeal to the listeners now you're trying to appeal to them you don't want to get that hate now you no 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 look 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 those four songs goaded but since I want to do a top five, I'll, I'll throw Heartless in there because Heartless feels feels decent. The yeah. intro track, I, I don't need that. Like you said, I skip. And I just don't have the patience and time for this man's emotional welching. But when it hits, I'm like, oh, okay, Kanye, I feel you. And I recognize that this led towards some of my favorite projects coming out in hip-hop. So therefore, my hate is no longer talking about it being smacked as much as it's just a sound that I'm not particularly keen on and I, and I don't think that 808s and heartbreaks did this sound particularly well i think that his future children worked on this sound and expounded upon it better but obviously like how are you going to judge the parents or the grandparent based off of the you know future generations you know uh t- tweaking abilities that's a uh, my hopefully not too ranty or rambly take on 808s it's not a classic but uh it's not garbage either it's you know it's it's a vibe it's a vibe i mean yeah i guess it is a vibe but and you know i would encourage if you haven't listened to it because of whatever reasons you can come up with you know just give it a listen you know if it's not your cup of tea it's not your cup of tea but if if you're not listening to it because you're afraid of like feeling emotions or because you don't want to hear you know 
a song about heartbreak or what it is to lose someone you love, then go to therapy first and foremost. But, you know, get over yourself a little bit and pop this album on because it does reach some of those emotional, you know, lows and peaks that I think we can all kind of relate to on some sort of level. Like it's a when you have a heartbreak or when you break up with someone like one of the albums that you can kind of always like pop on is this album because there's a lot of relatability here there's a lot of uh, emotional connection that you can kind of have just the general sound and production of this album is very reminiscent of what it's like to maybe like on a song like street lights or coldest winter um it, it's reminiscent of what it feels like to kind of have that heartbreak and then also, you know, it kind of allowed, it pushed the envelope back then. Like now we have guys like, you know, Rest in Peace, like Juice World or Still Drake, you know, Party Next Door, The Weeknd. Um, a lot of guys who are now coming out with music that is emotionally connected. They're able to be vulnerable with their emotions, express themselves in popular, either popular R&B, popular soul mainstream hip-hop like it's in there now because i think kanye did i'm not gonna say he he um he fathered this because i think this would have happened either way but he was at the forefront of it and he allowed this to become popular yes the face of it and you know for the people that who have listened to his and listened to it religiously i do kind of share some of the same sentiment about this album that you are kind of saying in that like it's not a, it's not garbage but it's definitely not classic i really listen to this album as well there are some parts of it that are outdated there are some tracks that don't hit home um or hit as hard as some of the good tracks on this robocop is fucking garbage yeah. fight me i don't know yeah i think we were talking about this before i i wouldn't say any track on here is garbage like this guy this blasphemy that i'm hearing because overall, this album is the whole concept is heartbreak and loss and emotionality. Do I think some songs on here are trash? Yeah, a little bit or underwhelming. You know, I'll I'll give them underwhelming. I wouldn't call them trash. But if I was to kind of objectively judge them, um, and maybe look into the lyrics, the production, how it sounds, how it comes through the headphones. No, like I think every song here has a place. I wouldn't take any song off of here, even if I don't really particularly like a song like Nightmares, See You in My Nightmares, or Say You Will, because it's, it drags on for so long. Um, but yeah, for the people who really like this album, and if you really love it, if you truly love it, then congratulations. But if you're one of those people who just, you know, who always comes out with the the reasoning that like, that album is so great because it pushed the envelope and allowed people like Drake to come up. Also reconsider listening to this album because there are some parts of it that I was like, I, I, I could see where you're coming from, okay? So like, like um, some tracks on here just don't hit home. They don't really do it for me. Um, and I think that's fine. But it did, it, this was a very, it, in terms of Kanye's timeline in his discography, it's such an interesting and somewhat controversial but it is you know funny to kind of look back and re-listen to it now i i think it's a very i think it's a cohesive project at the very least i wouldn't consider it classic 
but I wouldn't consider it mid. Um, Just a final point. I agree. Despite me not necessarily loving the production style that the album chose, I do like that the album has a very cohesive sound. Everything, like it make like it, every song, like you said, has a place. I might not like the song, but nothing feels out of place like I've mentioned yeah. in the, uh, you know, other to uh, the prior, you know, the first graduation. album, Kanye. Yeah. It definitely feels, no, not graduation, because that was a little bit College more, dropout? Not spotty, but college dropout. Yeah. Around, late registration. Everything in this definitely felt like it had a succinct place. It's just about my personal like or patience. Like you said, some songs, hey, bro, like you could have made it two or three minutes you didn't have to make it like seven or six like yeah all right bro i got you like you like the beats that's a very but you know again again i've just come to, i've come to appreciate what this no beyond just what this album has done i recognize the magic that this album possesses and i'm grateful that future children of kanye were able to harness that magic and make it more potent make it more potent or make it more digestible towards my personal listening you know listening styles so this in my book is Kanye's most revolutionary album oh. or most impactful album I should say. Huh. But now that, yeah. But now you're going to say amen. that before we get into my beautiful dark twisted fantasy? Hey man. My dark Yeah, what do you what do you fantasy? I I, I, no, I twisted. I, I'm just going I'm calling it twisted. I'm just calling it, I'm not calling it twisted. Look, first and foremost, Melon, you had it fucking wrong back then, and you still have it wrong fucking now. I, I, I sometimes can't believe it, man. Dark Twisted is another classic in his, in his discography. I don't care what you are. Like, unless you don't like hip-hop music, I don't see how you have beef with this album. Yeah. I, 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 I can't see it either. I mean, I, I, I agree with some of the points that he maybe, like, brought up. And this is like, you know, everyone knows My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy got a six. If you don't know it, then, you know, just go watch the review. I think a lot of people were just upset about the six. But at the same time, some of the points that he was bringing up in terms of the content of the lyrics and how they were being delivered and maybe mm-hmm. just the general, like, hype around that album and kind of bringing that number down. But I don't think a six is warranted. But continue. Like I want to hear, like, what you want to think about this. I mean, so obviously, when it comes to Melon, we love Melon's deep dives. I think that's one of the reasons we actively engage and want to see his opinion on stuff because he doesn't just say I like it or I don't. He actually explains why he does. His, you know, his grading system. I've always had beef with his number scale, but whatever. I definitely agree that um, some of the more sort of vain. I definitely agree that um, Dark Twisted has a greater level of vanity in its lyrical writing style than I'm sort of used to. And you could arguably say that this is kind of the start and change of the new Kanye sound. Yeah. And I will say that some of the feature verses in this this album, I think, were maybe a little lackluster than maybe from some of his previous work. I don't want to name any names because I'm still trying to get some industry clout. But <laughs> you could say Jay-Z. Yeah. You know, I mean, Love. You know, you know, shout out to the Goblin, but, uh, you know, <laughs> could have come hard on some verses, I think. But I just think that the peaks, right, like the, the highlight reel of this tape is just so consistent that some of the songs that are dips, in my opinion, which they are, they, they don't damper the experience for whatever reason. And I think why it is that this album to me is like the first experience of like luxury rap, like it's that braggadocio 
makes with quality production that has like that perfect balance of sampling and synths. So it's not just like purely like old head stuff, but it's not just like stuff done on the computer. It's like the nice yeah. balance. When the features hit, well, when the features hit collectively, it just feels so grandiose in scale. Like, um, let me let, let me go to the track list real quick. I need to I need to need a gush on one of these songs real quick. It's the, it's the one with Pusha T on it, which so by the all way, the run away. It's run away. Run, uh, or are you talking about so appalled? Both of them, but the so so appalled. But like you just mentioned, run away. Just just thinking about because that's a I, long I can't song. see how, how. Yeah, I can't see how people hate that song. It's a long song, but like every part makes like that to it, me yeah. is like the highlight of Kanye's genius. Like it is. I know I'm not supposed to like my my attention span is not supposed to accept this. I'm supposed to be alright, bro. Like keep mm-hmm. it rolling, but no. It, and not only that, like when he when we talk about Kanye's genius, you know, it it shows up more often than not in in the braggadocia, the like the grandiosity of some of the songs that you know if you if you like mention Kanye being a genius, what songs come to your mind? You know, whatever it is, you know, I think you can point out to a lot of tracks over any of his albums, but on Runaway the genius comes out into this beauty like in terms of the production there's not really any second on here that's wasted i i guess like yes if you're just listening to this casually or if it comes up in your shuffle like yeah you like you, you can skip a 9 minute song but in terms of just sitting down with this song listening to it letting it kind of wash over you like how do you not like get transported you know maybe the lyrics are a little bit kind of they're a little bit, you know, maybe they're a little bit kind of misogynistic. Maybe they're a little bit, you know, kind of like uh, not too relatable. Maybe they're just, you know, maybe it is Kanye just bragging about himself, you know, or showing how much of an asshole he is. But like in Kanye's mind, like the production matches, I guess, the sentiment behind those lyrics, even if the lyrics are like, you know based around dick pics like it's it still somehow drives the whole point of this song home like i'm still touched by the production regardless of the dick pic lines and you know i'm an asshole and you know yeah that track is 10 10 for 10 for me i i i agree i think you're right i think there's like again this is the beginning of braggadocio kanye for lack of a better Mm -hmm. term but you cannot tell me that the contents of his lyrics and the sonics behind it don't have a perfect marriage. They're, it's like a perfect welding. Yeah. I, I still like think of the song um, So Appalled, right? Which, granted, right? Like, again, Pusha T's verse keeps coming out to me. But, like, when I hear the production of that of that song, for whatever reason, the production is like that, the, the beat of that specific song, it's cool. You know, it's cool. Like, it's not a bad beat, but, like, I definitely can say it's not catchy to me. But in just hearing how. Uh-huh. You know what? Sci High, Push, and Rizza. everybody else like you know Rizza Rez on that beat. Uh-huh. Jay Z. It, it even Jay Z came through a little bit. Okay. You know what's funny? What? Kanye talked what? about um, you know Trump on that track and criticized you know his his money schemes and which is funny to look back now listening to him criticize Trump and you know how he kind of transformed into probably the most one of the most famous MAGA supporters or Trump supporters. But yeah, go ahead. Take it away. 
Look, bro. I, I don't even. I don't even want to like. This is like this is the one case where like I mean sure I think that if I had to look for a song I don't want on the tape I could, but which one? This to me is just like. See, I have to like really think about it. What? Like, what do you mean think about it? Blame game. Take that shit off, bro. Or 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 just make or or break that song into two songs and make it a skit or just get rid of Chris Rock like Chris Rock does I love Chris Rock man he's funny as all hell I love his movies I love his stand up but get him off the track oh my god I will never I I don't even listen to that song when I'm playing it through because he just that whole that whole bit is just like like okay I get it like the blame game and you know who taught you Yeezy taught me like that's funny but yeah I, c- I can do without that track I've, I, 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 if, if this was like five years ago as well like I would have also said so appalled but I've actually grown to like that track quite a bit because it is there's a lot of heavy hitters on that track in terms of rap and they, they come through with some bars so I can hear you with I can hear you with that but also I, I, I guess when I hear the blame game it does again for me personally you just hear it and I feel like there's some of the homies that I know who like on the low could benefit from listening to that song yes. and taking some notes for self-reflection. I'm, I think you know who I'm thinking, thinking about too, but that's a different discussion. But, look, man, there's no there's no reason why a single, like, you know, like the most, the, the well, okay, not most, but there's no reason why Monster became a single and became a smash hit. I do you understand that Nicki Minaj's whole career is arguably defined by her verse on that song? Yeah. I'm not talking about... I, 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 don't, I don't know her music that well, so I'm not going to sit here and say that... I don't know her hits outside of the commercial stuff, but, like, Monster's still on the map. a quintessential verse for her. It's one of the best feature rap verses on any song, probably of the 2010s. If not... Yeah. If not the... I, I, I'll, I'll have to think a little bit more, but... I might be a little bit wild right now, but I think it's probably the best uh, feature verse of the last decade. I wouldn't even hold that. I wouldn't even hold you. I'm not even going to hold you to... Yeah. I'm not even mad about that claim. Like, obviously, we got to do our research, but... Yeah. Yeah. No, like... Look, I, I have no beef with this tape. Sure, I understand that the show in itself is not the most relatable topic. I agree with you on that one. But I just think that in how he conveyed this topic because again for me it's never about how, obviously if i relate to the topic in the music i'll naturally gravitate towards it more that makes sense yeah. to me, right but if i can't relate to your topic aka let's say you're talking about let's say drug dealing i like king push i've never had to sell dope if you can paint a picture that makes that either creates a vivid world or if you can at least paint the the image you know like your world in such a vivid picture like push does or have the production just carry such an ethereal feel that I almost feel transported, like I'm sitting in the car next to you doing all your activities, whatever they may be. <laughs> in my book, that's the win. In my book, that's the win. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's part of the musical experience. Whatever genre, whatever piece of music that you're listening to, that's what you want. Even if it's a, something as like uh, like basic as just headbanging or moshing, like that's what you want out of whatever that artist is providing, whatever you know about that artist. If you know that artist just puts out bangers, then you're gonna expect bangers because you want that banger experience. You want to, you want to 
be on the bus or in the car listening to that music and having that same reaction you would have like seeing them live with this album like yeah it is a bit braggadocious but i don't i'm not a braggadocious individual like in my own life like i need that from somewhere else and who better than kanye west especially at his prime again this is something i think we we could get into a little bit but i think this was his prime i think this was his ultimate peak and if you don't believe me watch the coachella 2011 performance from kanye he that whole experience and um a lot of the sounds that he was experimenting um on uh on my beautiful dark twisted fantasy you know he started kind of remixing some of the songs live um particularly like from late registration graduation college dropout and i just look at that performance that concert performance as it it encapsulates his peak at that time and not to say that he hasn't peaked again you know going down the line with like jesus and the life of pablo but that was definitely prime kanye at the tippy top with the red suit with the mpc with the with the peop with the uh, ballerinas on um the performance ballerinas on stage with the with the cinematics man like i i i can't i can't understand people who 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 are like he's bragging so much and he's talking about how like rich he is i'm like yeah motherfucker i'm not any of those things i want to hear that shit from him i want to feel like i am kanye <laughs> you know I, that's why I listened to my beautiful dark twisted fantasy and like, um, bro, yeah, bro, bro. I just realized something. What? Remember the good good music Fridays? Yeah, the throwaways off of this shit, you know, of this project. That could be arguably better than arguably better than most people's actual releases. Yeah, some might even say better than Kanye's recent releases, but we won't go that far now. Mm, I think you could but, say that. But like, look, I have to check out that Coachella video because I do want to check it out. I just remember seeing some videos of him playing with the NPC. But look, I, I feel like I should give you like a detailed breakdown. But like, this is one of those situations where I just feel like, bro, like this is phenomenal. Now, I will I will give you a little insight, though. Despite me gushing over this tape, this is actually not my favorite tape by Kanye. You know, if you want to, if you guys want to know about that, you know, hit me up in the socials. We can have a discussion. But what this tape does do for me is that this, to me, is one of those like undisputed classics in Kanye's discography. At least when you look at it from a hip hop lens perspective, right? Because obviously, you can yeah. have a discussion on, you know, again, eight away. You could arguably say it's a classic in like impact, if you want to use that word, or graduation in terms of commercial, you know, viability and stuff. But mm-hmm. in terms of a hip hop head. I really rock with this. The only thing that I, again, if I have to like look for a reason to take off points or to say why it doesn't maybe compete with some of the other Kanye albums to me is that, yeah, while he's definitely rapping dope and, you know, really dope and really tight, there's definitely maybe a, a lesser emphasis on wordplay, in my opinion, and a greater emphasis on feeling or adding that, that oomph to yeah. the bar word. Which is not which is not bad because it makes me feel like you said like Kanye, but I do know that I'm usually more interested in you know yeah. we weediness over the not feel but over like the commanding voice. But again, that's like me looking for stuff. Uh-huh. Like, nah, man. Look, just, let, let's just look. We're gonna skip throne. We're gonna skip 
all of that because that's not in the conversation. Skip Let's cruel. go to Jesus. Let's go to that boy mm-hmm. Jesus, bro. Let's talk to Jesus plus Kanye equal Jesus. I mean, when that album came out, I think I was really. I think that was around either spring or summertime. And I know there was a lot of hype because we all knew that Kanye was coming out of project. Everyone was, was excited about how he would follow up, you know, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, Cruel, uh, you know, Cruel, um, Watch the Throne, all these projects. And, you know, there was news going around that like this was going to be kind of like a, like a darker sounding, more uh, stripped down kind of production. And I was like, okay, I don't really know what that means, but uh, I'm, ex- I'm still excited. You know, I'm, I've always been a Yeezy fan. The album drops, and you know, you play, you press play, and Onsite comes in like an assault on the ears. Like it's just warbling in and out, distorted as all hell. And then you know, you got like the, you've got like the ping pong. Like you remember that arcade Atari game? pong or whatever and you yeah. the sound effects that's kind of like what the uh what the do 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 and then he starts rapping and i'm like what the hell is this and then the sample comes in halfway through that song with um i think it's like with the choir and i was like okay that was out of nowhere but i kind of like it and then the song ends and it, it ends really abruptly with the kind of like the uh the hard like uh I don't know if it's with, with the uh, the hi hats or I don't know what the the term is um, rapid succession, but looking back now, I'm like I was excited to listen to that album. I didn't hate it. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I always like raw energy albums that come out with you know a lot of aggression, a lot of kind of banger energy, a lot of just laying it out there emotionally lyrically aggression i i love that kind of i love that kind of sound and i think with with the whole meshing with the stripping down the production um introducing elements of like industrial hip-hop and Mm -hmm. kind of focusing on not only like taking away some elements that he typically uses in his production up to that point but also trying to focus a little bit more on the lyrics. And I know they're not the most craziest lyrics. We all know Kanye is not the most, he, he's not a lyrical genius in terms of wordplay and everything. But um, I I think this is probably, that, that album was probably the last time he really had a lot of, uh, had something to say about maybe, and you can call it race relations or, you know, being a person of color in this country. Um, but it, this was really, and I'm specifically talking about a track like New Slaves, where a lot of that aggression, man, like, and, you know, we're, we're both people of color. And to hear something like that, where you're, like, angry at society at large and getting back at them by being on top is, like, it, it's such a, like, a visceral experience. And you kind of have that same, like, emotions that are kind of being displayed on this track come up inside you and you're like holy shit like i want to like like smash a window or something right now because this is how i'm feeling and what he's spitting like even though i can't really directly relate like that aggression we've all felt you know that frustration or those negative emotions when you know 
we experience maybe either like discrimination or see shit on the news or you know experience microaggressions and yeah i don't know that album is a trip um you know i i love it 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 holds a special place in my heart i know i know i know i know charlemagne i know i know our friend marky j you know all consider that shit trash you know they're they're upset that there's no boom bap on here there's no lyrical lyrics but yeah it it holds a special place in my heart hey sorry i'm gonna have to interject so story time this was my first Kanye album that I listened from top to bottom. What? Really? <laughs> Jesus is the first album that I said, all right, let me check out what Kanye Wait, did you about. did you ever listen to any like individual Kanye tracks before that? No. What? Before that, I just knew Kanye fell off of his singles or random features. This is the first time I said, all right, everybody's talking about this guy. Oh, so but you let heard like some singles up. like stronger maybe like before that? Yeah, of course, yeah. Of course, okay, so okay. I, knew it. I, knew I thought it. you were saying music. like you literally never heard anything oh, Kanye. No, 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 no. This was your first album because I would be like, that's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, but this is the first album listen, right? Again, uh-huh. he's goaded. Like, I noticed like everybody talks about Kanye as the greatest kind of, you know, yada, yada, yada. Cool. So, like I said, all right, let me, let me see what's up. I remember this was back in the days of YouTube where you could just get full albums. Shout out to YouTube. On site. It sounded to me like a broken Game Boy. Man's is rapping. All of a sudden I hear a random sample just coming like out of nowhere. Yeah. Then the sample comes back and it just sounds distorted and all that stuff. And honestly, I love that introduction. It was such a strong, powerful statement. I loved it. I, I truly, truly love the production. I like the energy. Keep listening to the tape. I'm like, okay, I, I like the production, but like Kanye isn't rapping, rapping crazy, right? Like he's, he's rapping, but by no means was I impressed by his rapping ability, considering that he's the goaded or greatest rapper, one of the greatest artists. But again, that's it, you know, my preconceived notions. All of that just to say that I listened to the tape and I said, straight basura. What is this? Half of the production feels wonky as hell. Like, I like that it was industrial raps, but I feel like I've listened to, like, at the time, I was actually listening to a lot of uh, Tonight or TNGHT, which I guess helped the production in this in this case. So when I listened to some of those beats, I was like, all right, I can clearly see the influence, but I just liked the Tonight beats better, and I didn't care for the raps. So I was like, well, this album is trash. I don't know what people are talking about. People might just be on this man's tip. And I left it at that. I was like, Kanye is not all that. No, obviously, I grew with Kanye. I started listening to more of his music. And again, recently, I said, let me get a solid perspective to recognize why it is that I find this music so basura, which, which I still do. I have come to realize that what this album does extremely well, undeniably well, is that it's amazing concert music. And I mean, like, amazing concert music. Just listen to the instrumentation and listen to the aggression that Kanye is rapping with. If I was in a live situation, a live event, that would probably be one of the best nights I've, I've ever had in my life, to be honest with you. So yeah. I recognize the hype factor. But what's missing for me in this album is cohesion in his rapping style. Because, again, he's not really, again, outside of black skinhead, okay. New Slaves, and you could arguably say Black Skinhead, though it's 50-50, he's not really expressing any ideas that is relatable to me as the common guy. 
And, you know, you'd say, well, that's fine. Didn't you say that you liked, you know, previous album Twisted? And Twisted is not that relatable. Yeah. But Twisted had production that I felt was grounded into something that clearly made sense. To me, Yeezus just sounded like a big old testing subject where you're just like playing around and adding sounds and seeing what kind of sticks and what kind of hits. Some of it really hit and some of it just sounded like obnoxious organized noise, but more chaotic than anything. But with that being said, Yeezus to me, I don't like Yeezus and I will never willingly go back to Yeezus except for specific songs. In fact, let oh me just give you the, the five tracks now. Let me All give right. you the five tracks. Sure. I do think I, I do think I heat, but the rest throw it in the recycling bin. And that is on site, phenomenal introduction. Black skinhead. I like the energy. I can't lie. I can't lie with it. I'm in it. That's a no words. No words. Then you got blood on the leaves. Come on now. We we can't act like when the horns come in that like you didn't uh-huh. just your brain didn't shake a little. And all and I'll say send it up. I also like the energy of send it up a lot. Yeah. Everything else, Basura. This is it's not bad music, but it did not live up to again what I think a man of that caliber should have released to the public. But what I did realize, again, in retrospect of what this album did, or what's very significant about Yeezus, is that despite, again, me not being fond of the lyrical lyrical composition of it, and it feeling much more experimental than focused like his previous work, you could still tell that he had a very polished approach with it. Obviously, it sounds like he kind of mashed a couple of songs together so that you have like one song with multiple, like, well, you know, like a part one and part two within the same song, but the mixing and the mastering sounded purposeful, it sounded clean, it sounded crisp. It sounded like something that, presentation-wise, is 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 worthy of the Kanye brand. I didn't care oh. for what was inside the actual package, but the presentation of the thing was very clean. And it's interesting to see that this was the last album that, in my opinion, received that sort of undeniable Kanye polish. I don't know if this happened because maybe people you know, rejected the, well, the old heads rejected the album outright, or maybe if Kanye just found himself going to a different direction, or maybe his schedule got really busy. I, you know, I, yeah. I don't know, but it's, it's interesting because I want to like this album, but I, it, it just, again, for what I like in my hip hop music, it doesn't, it doesn't really feed any of the stuff. Now, again, if I'm in a live situation and someone's playing some music off of Yeezus, yeah, we're going to bump on that, but that's more of an experience feel than just in, this is a music that I think is better, best enjoyed by experiencing it rather than through listening it. And that's the, the softest way for me to say that it's vibey music. That's the, the softest way I can ex- express that. I'm not, I'm not listening to the song and feeling, I'm not listening to the album as a whole and getting a deep understanding. I do like the song New, New Slaves. I really enjoy that song. Even like the introduction, <sighs> New Slaves is a really great song. And I think I will say that made me upset because he, he clearly showed the potential of writing more consciously driven music with this new type of production, but then he's rapping about hedonistical things, and he wasn't making it super tight for me at the time, so I was like, eh, yeah. whatever. And I feel like he has done albums where he still talks about these hedonistical things, but in a more captivating way, so I have no, I have no need to go back to Jesus. Yeah. The the only but thing anyway. I, I, that is, I feel like a little bit of note in terms of either like controversy or something not sitting well with me with this album is is that yeah it doesn't feel too like from from front to back it doesn't feel too cohesive it, it, there's like a lot of ideas thrown in here um 
and it, nothing is really like you know from track to track nothing really it all sounds the same there's you can t you, the, people still talk about like you know there's the yeeza sound right but there's nothing really flows too well into each other in terms of transitions but i think that's yeah. maybe that's that could be possibly due to the abrasive nature of the production on all these songs and even with the last song with bound two like it's not particularly abrasive it's not crazy production like the previous nine tracks on that album but that sample comes in pretty clearly at the beginning and it's like it jolts you it's like whoa we're going back to soul samples kanye like what is this and then he's talking about how much he loves kim and stuff but um um i think yeah just overall the cohesiveness is a little bit lacking um i know there's a lot of some controversy in terms of in terms of production credit and him just really biting a lot of the sounds of popular art you know popular and underground artists at that time with like hudson mohawk and um spooky you know basically just taking the whole new slaves uh sound off this one song by spooky um and it, you know we could talk about this another time down the line as well but you know how some hip-hop artists will just straight up bite up a whole song and you know either tune it down a little bit adjust the kind of way it sounds or slow it down and just call it a song and but um yeah and then you know there's like the the death grip stuff um and if he was maybe heavily influenced by that you know with the money store dropping um or ex-military i should say probably more um, but yeah, I, I love that album, man. It holds a special place in my heart. I love the raw aggression. It speaks to me on some level for some reason. When people like hate on this album, I feel like I'm part of a club that people can't get in because I understand some of the, the that Kanye genius on this album. I also think he pushed the envelope on this in terms of, you know, how can we kind of break out of this mold of like not only the popular sounds of hip-hop but maybe like the traditional stuff as well and pushing the barriers a little bit in terms of you know how can how can you popularize this sound or how can you make it sound mainstream in terms of industrial hip-hop uh electronic hip-hop uh house hip-hop like all this all the elements that he was influenced by but yeah i love that album and then we had to wait well for the next one for quite some time Hold up. Before we talk about future albums, clearly we're on different sides of the aisle, but we can at least, you know, respect each other's opinion. And I'm not going to shit on you for liking this basura of a tape. And you're not going to just call me a boomer for not caring for this tape. Because ultimately, Kanye, like you said, ultimately, Kanye, ex one, thing I, one thing you cannot take away is that Kanye experimented heavily on this tape. And some people love what came out of it and some people don't i think that 808s which is in a similar way, way was another ex uh, experimental album was a bit more cohesive and you know like you even said yourself this album despite having a cohesive sound by you know the industrial nature it definitely felt a little bit more um tacked on for lack of a better term but hey man at least i don't think that yeezus deserves to go deserves to be thrown into like in the fire bin I just think now it's part of the recycle yeah. bin. There's some parts that I like. In fact, in fact, again, new slaves, black skinheads. I'm on it, or I'm, I'm in it. Phenomenal songs, but as a body, you know, as a holistical body of work, 
I'll never need to listen to that again. One, one more point is that I think Frank Ocean has his best feature on any Kanye track that he's that they've collaborated on. I'll just leave it at that. Um, next album. Uh, <laughs> like, Are you talking about Swish? No, I'm talking about So Help Me God. Oh, word. No, wait. I thought it was called Waves, bro. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. If you guys don't know, you got to look it up. Um, Life of Pablo, man. Life of Pablo. Here's here's my one-sentence review. It's a beautiful mess. It is a beautiful mess. It's 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 a beautiful, beautiful, disgusting mess. Um Alright. Yeah. Did you watch the live stream? I vaguely recall it. I don't it's it was a bit it was a bit of a while, of a while ago now, but yeah. Uh okay. Because well, I, 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 I didn't, so maybe you could like add a personal touch to it. But since, you know, I want to hear your thoughts first. Let me hear what you think of the you know the leftover pizza or life of pablo for short oh i was like what yeah t-lop um, leftover pizza yeah i distinctly remembering this came this coming out in uh must have been sophomore no junior year of college undergrad hmm. and i think we popped it on i think we were with sathya at somebody's house and popping it on and you know ultralight beam i i can't say enough about that track personally like it's a very like sit down like introspective track i'm not i'm not playing that shit like on the way to work um or like when i'm working out or anything but it's it is an immense immense song um and it kind of brings back it's at that level of uh jesus walks i think in terms of Agreed. Kanye and Kanye putting in um, that religious element into his music, I think it's up there with Jesus Walks. Um, and can they, we also, can, before you go, mm-hmm. can we also just salute Chance the Rapper's verse on that song? Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Like no, that was the like last no time. Cap. That was the last time he put any work into his music. So like, I gotta give, I gotta give him a lot of props for that. That was the last time he was really coming through my headphones and I was enjoying it. He really he really stole that track too. I think. That, that's 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 really Chance's track. He was never supposed to fail. Yeah. All I got to say is that again that like I'm not going to say that track made Chance I'm not going to say that but I'd say that that track might have elevated Chance's stock even just a little bit more if you know what I mean. No, it did. I 100% agree. Um, but yeah, sorry. But yeah go like on, with Father Stretch My Hands Part 1 and Part 2 Like With that build up on, on, on Part 1 It's like it's like holy shit What is about to happen And then the Metro Boomin tag comes in And then the beat finally drops And then Kid Cudi comes in Oh my god what Like if you're not If you're, if you're not listening to that song And like whatever image you have Of like I don't know like a sunrise Or like or like like light breaking through clouds like if you're not getting that through your mind like you gotta listen to that song more um but yeah then there's part two which is nothing like part one and i remember like 
that song was so hype back then because it did. We all thought it was Future, and and Future was really coming up heavy at that time. So we were all like, just like, oh shit, it's Future on this shit. And not only that, it was such a banger. And and that song had a build up too. And when the when the whole beat drops, like you're just you're like, holy shit, this is like, this is like the heaviest like. This is like the heaviest hip hop song like of, of all time, and unfortunately got overplayed and beaten into the ground to the point where like I listen to that song now and I'm just like this does nothing for me anymore. But I I can still appreciate it. Um, but yeah, I mean to go even f- I'm not gonna go like track by track because each song is so different. Each song e- each song holds a special memory in my mind. Um, to me, songs like especially in the first half i love the first half i i can also see like the value of the second half of the album in terms of it getting a little bit more dramatic and uh a little bit more somber um but freestyle four famous father stretch my hands um feedback all those songs i overplayed the hell out of them i think they're some of his best work on that album and in his discography, I'm not going to say any of those first half songs are like sniffing's top 10. Um, but if you look into the second half, you got that little gem in No More Parties in LA where Kanye returns to form alongside Kendrick oh, and, sh- and outshines Kendrick. Oh. Even if it is his song, when you have Kendrick going bar for bar for like what, like two minutes? You're expecting him to come up with a lot, and he did. But then Kanye comes in, and you know, it was like, he's like, "I'm the real king here. Give me my crown." So, bro, how, like, get? Let's just let's just take a quick pause, right? Because remember, as this album was being released, the two, the three singles I remember, well, four. We got facts, the original version. We got 30 Hours, Shorter Edition, Real Friends, and then No More Parties in LA. And there's technically more stuff if you into the leaks and stuff, but we're not going to talk. We're not We're not going to touch that. I just remember hearing No More Parties in LA, right? And again, as a sample dude, okay, I'm hearing some Mad Lib vibes on this. I'm feeling it. Kendrick, he's floating like a boy talking about Buddhists, monks, and Captain Crunch cereal. <laughs> you know, he's, he's clearly having fun on the beat, right? And he's, you know, talking about, like, you know, thoughts. And that's cool. I didn't expect Kanye to do anything rap-worthy. I thought he's going to, like, sort of vibe on the track. Maybe yeah. he's auto-tune singing stuff. Or, you know, do, like, a quick eight-bar. No. Nah. He came in. He had a legit verse. He had a legit bar. He was having a funniness, but he's also talking about his real stuff. He was talking about how he misses Lauren Hill, that he's that he's feeling uninspired. But he's getting out of the rap game. You know, he's getting he's going back to the rap game. He's not trying to get retired. Rapping about Thurbo Thoughts. Making a drop like it's high. I, like, look, feeling like this Pablo. Man's... I love that. I, I want to give that bar a, a special amount of attention because it, that bar right there, in terms of, I feel like Pablo when I'm working on my shoes. I feel like Pablo when I see me on the news. I feel like Pablo. Um, what? What? Shit. <laughs> I feel like. Pablo, Yo, let me let me peep some lyrics, bro. I feel like. Pablo, when I'm working on my shoes, I feel like Pablo when I'm working on my or when I see me on the news, I feel like Pablo when I'm working on my house. Um, 
and, and, and it brings up this whole theme. I think if there is a theme to this album is that there's Kanye as the not- notorious artist, celebrity, you know, just this mega uh, status um, individual in the world. You've got the artistic Kanye, the creative um the guy who pushes the envelope all the time or at least tries to create music on a different on a level that no one really touches upon and then you got Kanye who's simply just a man I think he's he and and when we look at that man we we can kind of see maybe we can kind of go back to college rap out era where he was you know humbly rapping and becoming a little bit, you know, into the game and then becoming this braggadocious person and then you can talk about his mental health. At the end of the day, he's just, you know, he's just Pablo, you know, just a regular old person, but for some reason he broke through. Um, And I think there's a lot of elements in that album that really, mostly the first two Pablo, uh, (laughs) the creative and the the notorious, Um, but at the the core of everything, it's, it's still just a man. Um, but yeah, this album, I, I love, I love this album as well. Like I can't hate it. I'll I'll give it a little bit more respect in terms of the OG versions of the songs that I love, um, before he went in and, you know, tweaked everything a little bit and it does sound a little bit cleaner, but there's some things that I don't really like or miss. Um, but yeah. Look, bro, no more parties in LA was such that to me is a top 10 Kanye track. I don't care. Fight me. Don't. Oh, he likes it because he's rapping because he's rapping on a typical sample type beat. Yes, nigga. I like me that shit. Yeah. And I didn't expect to get that Kanye again, to be honest with you. I, to be honest with you, I thought that after he's just like, oh, I guess he's done with this. So to get a taste of him rapping on a Mad Lib type beat with Kendrick Lamar and not being outperformed by Kendrick Lamar. This is Kendrick Lamar post, you know, um, uh, pimp remember yeah, that that's true it's not kendrick from the section 80 or like no 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 this is like established kendrick lamar like he can he can hit you with everything and it's not like kind it's not like kendrick like downplayed his verse his verse was really cool and fun and they you know again had some inter- interconnected themes but just hearing the hunger and the wordplay in his bars it just hit different right so again if this was a single or at least a song i heard before the album so i'm like oh okay okay like okay okay let me let me check this out and I didn't get that Kanye on this album. Or at least I didn't consistently get that Kanye on this album. And the reason that I call this album an album a beautiful mess is that I feel like you sort of get an amalgamation of older versions of Kanye and then the refinement of sort of like recent Kanye, specifically with Yeezus and some of the 808 stuff. And you can even see that he's kind of developing a sound into what he would have later you know, made into and it kind of feels like a hodgepodge. If I had to like create a parallel real quick, do you remember um, Good AM by Mac Miller by any chance? Dropped in like 2015, 2016? No. Well, I'm so kidding. Mac yes. Fans, what are you talking about? Hey, bro. I don't know, bro. Sometimes you be, you know? Uh, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm like, slacking, but you're, you're talking about one of the the biggest names of hip hop in the last decade and one of his best albums. Yes, I listened to Good AM. 
I love Good AM, and that's personally my favorite like of, like um, body of work, at least officially speaking. Mm-hmm. But one thing, the reason that I like that tape is that it's actually essentially just Mac in his various pockets. You have Happy Mac, Braggadocious Mac, you got Depressed Mac, you got Singing Mac, and all that stuff. And I feel like in On the Life of Pablo, I get various shades of Kanye, which allows me to see his artistic expression in multiple lanes, but it never cohesively goes into this one thing. And I think that he has great moments where he's really shining and, again, like creating really great songs. But then you have songs that either feel underdeveloped, in my opinion, or just feel sort of like not. I, I don't. Use, I don't want to use the word mid, but they definitely feel more. Yeah. They definitely feel more like, hey, here's a cool, interesting idea versus here is like this concrete, con- concrete concept I wanted to give out uh-huh. to the people. Now. Just to give pe- just to give the listeners like a quick insight of how my brain works. You know that second song again, like Father Stretch My Hands Part One? Uh-huh. I do not care for that song. And here's the issue. The vibe was proper. You hear the tag, Kid Cuddy coming in. Beautiful morning. Oof. Like you said, I felt like a bird, like a soaring eagle. Like I was in the sky, like yeah. just chilling in the clouds. And then Kanye motherfucking West <laughs> he fucks had to up come song. in with the bleach asshole line and i'm just looking at dog like what were you thinking like that really just killed the vibe for me immediately like i, I can never even list that out. like i can appreciate that song up until that moment but then it's like well i guess that really happened yeah. because yeah kanye's old kanye's always made funny bars or like awkward bars or whatever especially yeah. in Jesus. but at least it felt like he either said it with a point like he said it with his chest so like you know he wanted you to hear that or you know, it, it kind of made sense in the concept. I, he, he didn't have the, the beat didn't call for bleached assholes. Uh-huh. The, the song didn't call for that. You could have whoever was in the studio should have been like, "Yo, yeah, try again." Yeah, but, especially after Ultra Light Beam, like we're, we're getting pretty introspective and in touch with our religious side, and then you just go to the next track and you think it's like another, like uh, angelic, like elevation, or yeah. just like different direction but same. And he just hits you with the bleach asshole. I'm like, okay, okay, relax. Uh, like, yeah. But then, but then you also, but then some of the again more creative songs that don't feel super finished that I really love is like Freestyle Four. There's no reason I'm supposed to like this so much, but just the way that the beat sounds, the like, it sounds so menacing and like dark. Ominous. And then you hear ominous, so dark, and then you hear like, you know, Kanye asking, "Come on, like, can we fuck?" Can we fuck right now? And then, like, he's, you know, rapping about, y'all living about half your level, half your life. And then you just hear the beats just coming at the right time. And then Fake Future, the, you know, Fake Future, a.k.a. Designer, is coming in with the harmonizations. Like, that song still puts me in the trance to this very day. And yeah. even though it feels, again, very much like a demo or an idea because it felt cut short way too soon, mm-hmm. I still like that, that sonical experience. This album, to me, has some of the most interesting highs that Kanye's ever had. But then every, I don't, I don't even, I don't even think that the album has lows except for maybe like a handful of tracks. Mm-hmm. But the the average track feels very underbaked or underdeveloped yeah. for Kanye standards. No, I, I I I definitely agree with pretty much everything that you just said. And to, to even add on to it, it's like the life of Pablo, like the life of Kanye, how chaotic it is whether it's a result of us feeding into it, you know, in terms of consuming his art, the media playing into it, 
Or is it really him at the helm of everything, you know, in terms of how much does he want all this power, uh, pun intended? How much does he want to kind of, how, how much attention does he want? Does he love this kind of, like, notoriety? And I think this album is a reflection of, really, you know, the life of Kanye with all, like, it's a beautiful mess. You can't look away, you can't turn this album off. Is that really a concept of, for an album to get to to really be the foundation and something to kind of like digest? I don't know. It's that's a bit. It, it, like you said, like a lot of things are here sound maybe underdeveloped or half baked, or the track list is a little bit over bloated. I think as well. There's not necessarily a lot of lows on this album. Low lights. Oh, yeah. Um, no. <laughs> um. But if he had like left some songs off and never debuted them on this album, I don't think it would have it would have hurt this album because all in all, this is this is Kanye not necessarily at his best, but it takes a lot of the elements that he's known for. He puts them on tracks. Mm -hmm. He has the features kind of come in shine through a little bit too. And at the end of the day, this is the album that we get. Am I hating on this album? No, I actually considered this album like one of my favorites and you know to if we're gonna like rate and objectively speak about this album i would still consider in the top half of his discography um but you're right this is such a convoluted mess and um you know even he kind of knew it with his tweaking and you know rewriting and editing the tracks and adding a whole new track you know with saint pablo which is a, a great track um but yeah it's a beautiful, chaotic mess. Let me look. Let, let me throw some like in my top five in no particular order, right? Ultra light beam, like you said, it restored the feeling. It was the, it restored the feeling. You know, no more parties in LA. Kanye still has his pen. I as a as a you know as a fan of rap as a fan of Kanye at this time, I was happy to I was happy to know that we didn't lose that Kanye. He still existed in there somewhere. Freestyle 4, some of the most chaotic and creative stuff ever. 30 Hours. I just like the song. It's a vibey track. I think is, that yeah. he could have added more verses. But, like, something about this, that 30 hours, just something about that sample, just, like, again, Kanye just knows how to use the right sample. It speaks to me. And then I got to throw feedback in there. Feedback is, if, if there's, like, one song, I think, that is emblematic of the energy of Pablo, it would be feedback. And... I'm, I would be upset if we had album, an album's worth of feedback, in my opinion. Mm. Yeah, for me... That would, be like, you know, my, that would be like top five. For me, No More Parties in LA, Father Stretch My Hands, part one, Famous, Freestyle 4, Waves, and yeah. I mean, I'll, I I could go on and on. I, I don't... I don't, I don't particularly I hate any like song on here. Even Low Lights. I, I, so I, I don't particularly hate any song. I don't consider any song on, on this album mid. I definitely, I definitely love more songs on this tape than I don't. I just that again, some of them feel like whatever to me. But actually, well, that's not true. I don't care for fade, but that's because I'm a hater. Yes, hate on me comment section. But uh, yeah, no, like Pablo was, you know, going from Jesus to Pablo. Pablo, by no means, again, as someone who didn't like Jesus, it didn't restore my faith in Kanye, but it definitely. A lot, it definitely allowed my interest to still be there because, like I said, the highlight reel was so strong. Like, ooh, 
an ultra light beam. I didn't think we we're going to get another Jesus walks. No more parties. Okay, he's rapping. And even the stuff that's a little bit more creative, like, well, not creative, and more experimental, like, you know, freestyle for, like, you know, feedback or even waves. I'm like, okay, I, I can see where I'm going. And, you know, real quick, just to close this part, shout out to designer, aka Fake, fake Future, when he, you know, again, when he showed up on part two and his contributions on this tape. I thought I was future and he sounded different. So that just created a certain level of hypeness. Obviously now what four or five years removed from that. I could still listen to designers um, contributions and really enjoyed them. I-, I wish that man the best of luck wherever he is currently in his music endeavors. Uh, if you never like, if you never checked out designer stuff outside of like the big singles, I really you know urge you to check out his Malibu song. Phenomenal. But you know, it's a random shameless plug. What's next? Um, I think this is now the tables have turned. This is where I don't see why you like this album so much compared to how much I like it. But we're talking about Ye now. Hey, shout out to Ye. Okay, so first and foremost, we at least have to set the scene a little bit, right? It's 2018. Kanye says, Guess what? Good music, good music Fridays all month long, plus an extra month in May. We get Daytona, Grammy nominated. I think it should have gotten the Grammy, but you know, what can I say? I like me some quality beats and quality raps. Yay comes through. So, him choosing to only do seven tracks, you either think was, you either think that hurt or aided to the album. So, we have to put that on we have to put our cards on the table i think that him keeping it as concise as he did with seven tracks wasn't his personal best effort i think if he did maybe a traditional let's say 12 14 or even 10 it could have arguably been worse but with that being said you start off with the first track i like the monologue you know um some people would call it fake deep but i at least like the idea or concept that he's talking about hey i've thought about self-harm what makes you think that, like, I would harm you if I love myself way more than I love you? I thought that was, like, an interesting spin just to speak on, like, you know, maybe mental health. And you said, like, you know, how you have to just be... It's, it, it was an interesting discussion, not discussion on mental health, but an interesting spin on a mental health, this uh, mental health-related issue that I think can, like, bring forth a greater, dis- uh, a deeper discussion about how we as human beings ought to be a little bit more attentive of how we interact with other people around us. Because we sort of think that, you know, like, you know, people can talk tough stuff thinking that nothing happens, but like, hey, man, like, say something, you know, say something wrong and some, you know, a fight might pop off real quick, you know, world start. But again, that's what I got out of it. Then the second half of the song happens. I love the beat switch. I like the energy. And something I really enjoyed is that he talked about, hey, man, it's yay season, we obey. Which is kind of funny because, like, man is like 40-something and he still has the youth in his palm. Like, this man is a generational artist. Yeah. So I, I kind of liked his, like, awareness of that. You go to Yikes. I will say that Yikes is my least favorite song, and I could have not done... I won't say the word done without, but it's my least favorite song. I think that Yikes has a great body of work. Or it's great fundamentally, but I feel like the instrumentation is a little lackluster. I think that if the instrumentation had a little bit of, a little bit of Yeezus injected into it, it would have been better. Anyways... Afterwards, we get after Yikes, we get the wonderful track, the legendary track, in fact, uh, Old Mine. If you may remember, this is the, uh, the, the, the song with the famous uh, come line. 
And see, remember how I was, you know, making a big fuss about the asshole line and saying how that just ruined the vibe for me of that one song? This was actually an instance where that was completely different, where he said something so absurd that I had to just like jump into the song and how that line was added with the sort of vocal yelling sample that he kind of like chopped in occasionally. It just it just hit for me. Then you got to say wouldn't leave. I thought that was an emotionally very strong song. This was just Kanye singing about, you know, his BS behavior as a husband towards Kim and how like, you know, he's kind of putting his, uh, you know, um, whole his uh, marriage in jeopardy at the time with, you know, sort of like antics or this is like free spoken nature. You also have to kind of remember this was also around the time that like his bipolar bipolar uh, disorder became, you know, public knowledge. I don't know how that affected the relationship, but, you know, go figure. Then you got no mistakes. I mean, I love the sample. I like the energy. I like the shot at Drake, assuming it's Drake. You got Ghost Town. Ghost Town is definitely top 15 Kanye songs. I'd even say top 10 if i actually like really sat down yeah. I, I could probably scoot yeah i there. agree but like ghost town is undeniable and then you got violent crimes which honestly is such a to me is such a beautiful song just because like list going back to kanye from uh what is it late registration on we major how he's kind of rapping about him like not wanting to have a daughter because he knows he's gonna not have to pay for his sins but that he will have to sort of like protect his daughter from all the you know uh, degenerate behavior that men are capable of to now him having to rap about him having to look out for his daughters as they're growing into, you know, growing into maturity and him knowing, like, you know, the degenerate things that men can do. It just kind of showed a level of pro- a maturity process within his mental state. And I really like the song. Now, it ended on a Nicki Minaj voice sample, which initially I thought was him crediting Nicki Minaj for writing that lyric. I've come to realize it was just simply Nicki Minaj suggesting to rewrite the lyric like so which felt a little bit weird as a way to end the album. I don't know, Kanye seems to end albums on a weird note, but just track by track by track, I, again, outside of Yikes, which I kind of can do without, every, all the songs gave me, all the songs hit. And I think what I really enjoyed a lot about this album that Pablo had bits and pieces of is that I felt not connected to Kanye, but I felt like I got an insight of Kanye's struggles or what Kanye's going through, what he's thinking about. And I think that in that sort of sense, to me, it feels like a much more concentrated or tighter Pablo, despite Pablo having more songs that I like because Pablo got, what, 20 different tracks. But Ye, to me, arguably is like one of Kanye's best like albums in his like second uh, second act, if you you know if you will, or third act, depending on who you ask. But I'll debate you, so let me now hear your breakdown first before we start fighting like cats and dogs. I mean, the, 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 the main thing I struggle with this album is that it's seven songs, a little bit over 20 minutes. And I yes. understand with the context of, you know, those four albums that were released with Push T, Tiana Taylor, and um, Nas. Yes, I, I can, and uh, Kitsy Ghost. I can see, like, why mm-hmm. maybe he didn't have time, whatever it was, or, you know, to add more, or if he just wanted to keep in line with the brevity of, you know, uh, the track list and the album as a whole but can I really say like that this album beats out you know the life of Pablo Jesus 808s I don't know all those albums like either have more songs that I feel like are better or that I enjoy more than the tracks mm-hmm. on Ye or have had more mm-hmm. impact to the game compared to Ye yay such it, it comes and goes there's nothing really that sticks with me outside 
of Ghost Town, which I do consider, like you said, top fifteen, top ten. If we have to sit down, I think it it it'll it'll fit in there nicely, because it is a, such a great track with um, with Kid Cudi, Shake, um, and just the production on that. It's soaring. It's like it, like you can feel like the emotion behind it. You know, it is a yeah it's a banger honestly um but yeah i i feel like kanye doesn't the whole concept of that album maybe is the bipolar um and it gives us an uh, maybe a little bit of an inside look about what he deals with in terms of with his mental illness but nothing really sticks with me nothing's everlasting in terms of the the songs um is it is it a bad album no i wouldn't say it's a bad album but this is probably my least revisited project outside of jesus is king and probably 808s yeah i i I just it just it doesn't do much for me and the the sad the, the sad thing about this as well is that there are a lot of i think i agree with you as well maybe yikes it's probably something i can do without but the quality is here but for some for whatever reason whether whether it was like the releases of the other albums at that time or where he was in life i just wish he gave us a full project of what he's spitting on here and what he's displaying um because at the end of the day this is what we get and i would like a little bit more um or if he could have improved on this on some of the sounds or some of the lines that he wrote um, because I do think there was something here, and he, he, he didn't miss it, but he didn't realize the full potential of an album like this. Um, so yeah. And he, and you know, hearing that, I definitely think that you make you raise excellent points. And I, I suppose in my brain, I was able to contextualize some of the misgivings as Kanye, right? So first and foremost, I actually was a very big fan of the production of the tape in the sense that this felt like. This to me felt like not what Yeezus wanted to be by any means, but this feels like the Yeezus sound, but more refined or more refined in a sort of like, it's almost like the Yeezus sound that went through the Pablo filter and then went through a level of refinement. So I just, I, the, the instrumentation I, I truly enjoyed for, well, except maybe for like, I wouldn't leave, but that's because of like dropping and sop, soppy and it makes sense for the context of the song. Again, what I like about the song is how, or the album is how personal personal every song is towards Kanye's experience. And it just gives me as a fan an insight towards what he's dealing with. Now, its impact is obviously quite that. I mean, obviously, one, it's one of the younger albums, so we've yet to really see the impact of Ye for the next five to ten years. But we'll, we'll also have to definitely agree and say that if Kanye didn't say what he said around that time about slavery being a choice and him being, you know, MAGA hat and all, I definitely would say that the general public would probably have taken this album a lot. Uh, the general public would have taken this album a lot better than they did because, again, Kanye was being very contra- well, not being, but Kanye was being contra- Kanye was controversial at the time, and that naturally took people off. Because if you're going to be controversial, the music sort of has to be undeniable. And you and I both agree the music was not undeniable. One of the concerns, one of the overall concerns I have with that tape, but I just have been able to reconcile with, is I think that the mixing is. Like you said, it feels off. But I've made it a point to say that Kanye hasn't had that final, that perfect touch of the ultimate mixing ever since Jesus. 
I don't know if he decided to be much more, if he likes the rough aesthetic more, or like you said, he's busy or he's in a different headspace. But I feel like some of the songs, literally as is with the, the right level of polish, would have naturally been elevated to like a higher standard. And instead, they just like rougher ideas, kind of like Pablo. But in this case, unlike Pablo, I find that the rough ideas at least cohesively give me a picture inside towards Ye rather than just kind of dragging me all around towards thought A, thought B, thought C. It feels more of a consistent mm-hmm. thought or a cons- like an ongoing thought. And that's, I guess, why I have a stronger affinity towards Ye than Pablo or towards the average person. Yeah. But I do say this knowing that I'm, I'm, ta- I'm making certain concessions in the expectation of the music that I want because of how Kanye has been releasing his music steadily. Yeah, I, I do have to recognize that. Yeah. And yeah, just to like on my end to just wrap it up. I would have, I would have liked the the topics that he talks about and the maybe the central concept about this album. Like, get if you if you want to give us an insight in in terms of your mental health, maybe some parts of your family. Um, like, like I understand like you have to go back to the context of twenty eighteen and what was coming out and what was going on. Yes, I understand. Like, this is what he put out. Am I upset? No. Would I have wanted a little bit more? Because I do think this album has such great, looking back now, like such great potential to be like one of his greatest albums. But it falls short because of the track list, and he it just comes and goes, and it doesn't it doesn't stick with me um, as much as I would like it to. I can recognize that almost every single track on here is, you know. It's kind of like the opposite of the life of Pablo. Like this is so concise. He touches on a lot of um, a lot of themes. The production is there. The features follow through. But can I say that this album is better than some other albums that people don't like? I can't say that because it's at the end of the day, it's seven tracks. It's twenty minutes. It's it's just a little insight into you know Kanye as an individual. And if you really wanted us to like understand what it what it's like for me, Kanye, to have bipolar disorder, maybe a track like "Violent Crimes" or or um, I thought of uh, I thought about killing you. Like, I would have liked a little bit more. You know, that's it. That's really my whole qualm about this album. Uh-huh. That's that's fair. And uh, here's the one thing I will say too. And you know. To finally wrap it up from the releases of not this is not in this was just my personal experience in relation towards the albums that came with you know came around this time right daytona kipsy ghosts nas um tiana taylor's album i forget the name it definitely wasn't the best i definitely can say that this album had to grow me for what i appreciated because the initial listen especially after daytona was uh Again, you know, I, I, like, again, like that desire of wanting that Kanye polish wasn't there, despite me knowing that he could technically still do it. And it wasn't as uh, creative as Kitsy Ghost. But again, just taking the album for what it is, rough around the edges as all, well, I was able to find something out of it. And I guess, you know, we, to some degree, we each, you know, each are able to do that with each, you know, which every uh, Kanye release, right? Yeah. But, you know, now we have... The last bad boy, which is obviously Yandi, right? Remember that? He's returning back to form for the Yeezus energy, but now we Gandhi in the mix. Okay, we got it, right? Nope. We got Wait, what you mean, bro? We got Jesus as king. 
Oh, right. We do got Jesus as king. All right. Do you want to go first or should I? I'll go first. Um, All right. In, in, in re-listening to this album, I definitely maybe was hopping on the, the hate bandwagon. Um, <laughs> definitely. But re-listening to it, I actually kind of... It, it sits a little bit better with me. Um, I, I definitely came around to it a little bit more. Do I still think it's probably, you know, hit the bottom of his discography in terms of likability, like content? Yeah, I think it is. Um, which is a damn shame because it it is it it was going to be this you know Christian gospel rap album and you know he's been rapping about you know his religion since college dropout um, but like tracks like Follow God even Water I kind of I kind of like those tracks a lot um, Everything We Need Use This Gospel they they do hit but. And I think this point has been brought up a lot. If this truly was going to be a gospel music album, or not gospel music, but gospel influence, Christian influence, I would have liked to see some of that connection a little bit more in terms of like, what does that really, what, what does your Christianity mean to you? How has it affected you at this point in your life? You are in your 40s. You've lived at this point, like half of your life. What has, what, what does Christianity mean? What does your, what is your relationship with God? You know that would have been cool, and like I, I'm I'm pretty sure or you, you might surprise me, but like there's an album by this band called Vampire Weekend um, that came out with an mm. album in like 2012, 2013 called Modern uh, Modern City of uh, Modern City of Vampires or the Modern Vampire in the City. I can't remember, but it touches a lot about religion in there, um, in, in terms of like you know who we are as individuals, um, what what is basically, you know, not our destiny, but what is our purpose in life, you know, it touches on other religions as well in terms of not only, you know, Christianity, but, you know, Islam, uh, Judaism, uh, and, and what is like the overarching, you know, connection between God and yourself as an individual, um, how does it all fit in? But I don't, I don't really get any of that on this album. Um, I would have liked to hear a lot more from Kanye in terms of the struggles that he's had and does Christianity fall into it? Does your relationship with God fall into it? Or are you just kind of riding this wave of this uh, Sunday service choir that, you know, at the time was becoming like really huge and, you know, had a lot of eyes on it. But yeah, that's, it, it almost feels like he's kind of just rapping about himself and, you know, how good of a Christian he is or, you know what yeah it's very surface level and it doesn't sit well with me at the end of the day so jesus is king and you know for all transparency's sake i was one of those guys who paid attention to yandi uh i definitely like listen to the yandi leaks whenever they like randomly pop up on youtube so some of the songs that ended up being repurposed with you know for jesus is king I heard their Yanni renditions. And, uh, you know, one thing that I should note is that, you know, for Jesus is King, uh, for Jesus is King, Kanye took, a, you know, took, uh, made it a point not to curse, right? In assumption to, you know, being according to his religious, religion, religious values. Cool. 
But um, going back to some of the songs that he repurposed on, you know, Jesus is King, sort of having the, I guess, for lack of a better term, leaks that have felt a little bit more raw. The Yandi editions felt almost whitewashed or like not simplified, but definitely toned, like tamed, a lot, a lot more tamed, mm-hmm. which on a musical level wasn't something that I found super obviously that kind of irked me a little bit but granted that just goes towards listening to leaks and listen to the final product and coming with expectations I, i'm not gonna put that on him i'm just saying that's part of my personal perspective on the album um giving it like a first listener to honestly i had no issues with the album whatsoever fundamentally on the fact that he's just singing or rapping about him praising god and sort of recognizing that he recognizing that it's obviously I'm not going to use the word risky, but he was very much, um, he was very heavy handed with the Christian overtones. It wasn't just like, because remember, the album isn't just like, uh-huh. God is great, or like, I love God, or like, God Almighty. He literally called it Jesus is King. Like, understand that, like, he made it very clear that he's talking about the Christian God, or, you know, you know, God in the Christian sense. So, sort of see, so, you know, recognizing the brave. So, I mean, I, I admired his bravery, and that kind of goes back to Kanye just doing whatever Kanye does, regardless of what the public would suggest. I sort of commended him for, you know, being able to be so bold about his, you know, affinity and appreciation for faith. Now, um, after more listens, I agree with you. I sort of came to the, you know, not realization, but I came to the understanding that, okay, he's talking about his, you know, appreciation for God or worshiping God and praising God. And that's cool. But it sort of missed that personal touch of his personal struggles or how he overcame the struggles through, you know, the intervention of God or him you know, changing his life around or whatever the case may be, or even just the people around him. And it's sort of like, let you know, it, it was kind of upsetting because ultimately this album was not Jesus King, the album, Jesus Walks, the album, or even Ultra Light being the album. It was, again, more of like, God is good. God is great. I like God, but I'm still going to throw some weird heathenistical parts in there. Like he, he had some, like still, still, still some parts of, of himself in there uh-huh. that I didn't care for. But then... It's really funny, interesting. Promoting Chick Fil A. So what? Promoting Chick Fil A. So, speaking on that song, right? The the instrumentation and the vibe is is amazing. Honestly, was like that that beat was amazing. I'm cool with him. Like I was cool, you know. The beat was amazing. I I, the verses were cool, but making the hook into a a promotional ad, I, I I don't know that. That goes again. It goes into the territory of corny. Like I, I don't know, I don't know if I can't, I cannot take that seriously. Now, that's not to say that, like you said, there's songs on there that I definitely rock with. Let me even like list uh, my top five real quick before I, you know, come to a deeper, before I break down a deeper understanding that I got from the tape. So, water, that's definitely a top twenty Kanye song in my opinion. Maybe even top fifteen. Or definitely like it's definitely a song in the conversational piece. I re- uh, use this gospel. I think hits. You got God is. I really like God is because you could just hear the rawness within his affinity. Like, in fact, towards like the second half of the song, it damn near sounds like his like his voice went hoarse and it sounds like he's like choking on a dick or something. But like, I just view that as like I view that as energy, where it's like his passion of towards you know celebrating or appreciating God. So it's like, all right, clearly, even though he's like singing off key or not singing good, you can you can feel the passion, and I think that's one of the reoccurring things that we've both come to appreciate about Kanye is that he might not be the most talented singer, but his singing feels very genuine. It comes from a, from a real place. Uh, you got hands on 
that was cool. And everything you need, I can appreciate that, even though that I part of me finds that everything you need on Yandi was a little better. But again, recently, uh, recently I was like listening to the album, and it was actually funny because like, this was like through uh, my mother actually pointing stuff out to me. Like as we're like listening to the album together, she was like pointing to me that a lot of the verses that Kanye is like re- uh, like rapping about, like are actual like scripture verses, like actual verses you would find in the Bible. And then, like, when I started, like, reading through the Bible, seeing, like, if she, like, if mom was, like, lying or not, like, I actually know it's like, oh, wow, like, this man, that ass, like, took verse from X, Y, Z and then turned them into a song, into songs. And that changed my, that changed my appreciation towards the album because initially it felt very low effort in terms of the lyricism because, like you said, it's it's more of, like, God is cool, God is great. Not so much I'm a great Christian, but just more about uh, I've placed my faith in God without adding the personal touch to it, which I would have liked. But seeing that he at least conveyed his affinity towards God by literally using the source material and like twisting it in such a way that you could, you know, um, that it could sound like in a song. Cause you don't have to read the, you know, you don't, you, it, it sounded like lyrics to me. It didn't sound like something that would come from the Bible. So knowing that he actually got these verses from Bibles, probably from different like translational edition, editions or whatever, but then made those into lyrics that gave me a deeper appreciation just of like, again, of how connected and how deep are, how deep he wants to go into his, you know, spiritual relationship with God, you know, through the Christian format and, Again, that just, I guess that gave me, ultimately allowed me to appreciate the lyricism, I guess, better just because it felt a lot more creative now instead of just kind of surface level. And it just gave me, again, a deeper appreciation for how Kanye was, you know, so bare and so blatant about his expression towards his love and affinity towards God in this stage. This album is not, again, Jesus Walks, the album, or Ultra Light Beam, the album. I would have liked him to express how God saved him in times of tribulation or how maybe him following God is not the easiest thing. Instead, it feels very cookie cutter, like Jesus is the way. And, you know, life is hard. I feel like he could have added that personal touch in more. But I've come to appreciate his expression of his, his affinity towards the faith in this tape a lot more as the years goes, uh, as, as, as the time has gone by, rather than just kind of looking at it as, oh, the gospel album. But it's not so much a gospel album, just more yeah. him, you know, touching on Christianity on a surface level, but would witty wordplay i think so that's Ooh. you know that's a, a short synopsis of my take witty wordplay on this album that's debatable but i mean like, I, like I, no, again when i say witty i mean like literally he took verses from the bible and used them as the lyrics like word for word yeah so that, that to me was that to me was wild when i realized that. i was like oh yeah so i i mean just I'm sitting here thinking, you know, and just trying to bring myself back to 2019. You know, the, yeah. th- this was around the time where he's, yeah, he's being his old controversial self, you know, with the MAGA stuff, with the, <laughs> maybe there was some issues with his relationship with Kim. I definitely, there was, I, I think she did mention at times that, like, this is not something that she supported. Um, the stuff with his bipolar going on interviews and well and out. Um you know, all these things with SNL, the fallout there. And then you have a lot of conflict here, right? And when you have conflict, where do you go to? You know, maybe you look inwards at yourself. Maybe you go to your therapist. Maybe you go to friends and family. And another thing that you go to is religion. So how do you kind of resolve this conflict? What's your redemption here? why why did none of that really shine through on this album i didn't feel like any of the stuff that he was dealing with in that maybe past year six months leading up to that album 
did you really resolve some of that inner conflict that you were dealing with, you know, with getting in contact with God? Is that showing up in the lyrics? I didn't really see anything in particular outside of surface level stuff in terms of like God saving me, you know, God being there for me. And, you know, that's all wonderful to hear. But at the same time, like how, how does, how does the connection get deeper? How does it show up more in the lyrics and how do you kind of make a full album of this you know, really elevated to a point where you can kind of walk away and be like, you know what, I listened to a Kanye album today, and it made me really think introspectively about religion, spirituality, my relationship to God, if you believe in God, or whatever God that you kind of uh, attribute to, you know, your spirituality. But if, if you were to listen to this and just be like, as an average listener, I don't think you really come away with that. Maybe... Maybe if you're already in Christianity, you can kind of appreciate this album um, mm-hmm. as a product of Christian rap. But in terms of shout out to NF, yeah, yeah, it, he's the black NF on this. Um, <laughs> but you had the you had the concept in your hands. You had it there. You had the redemption. You had you know being absolved by by god or being in contact with him and whatever you could come away with that like that would have been an amazing like album and you could have actually redeemed yourself a little bit if that was something he wanted but he didn't take that that choice to do so and then you get this album that really got shitted on um by the masses you know it, it i i think there are a lot of things that maybe some people can look at and listen to and really appreciate you know by tracks individually and the sound is there especially with the intro track coming in so heavenly and kind of ending with the reunion of clips but you have to kind of sift through this whole album and you're you're kind of looking for all right where where's where's the at the core of this album, where is the relationship with Christianity or God or Jesus himself? Where is it here? Can I, I don't think I can say that there's anything of substance here. Not to knock the the topic or the, the concept of religion on this album. I do think at the end of the day, it's nice that he came out with this album. But we're in our 40s now. We're looking at maybe potentially the back end of your career, you know, and to kind of fizzle out this way is is kind of it's kind of sad um, because this could have been a great album on its own. And, you know, he, he's had songs like Jesus, Jesus walks ultra light beam, you know, he has reached levels where he can kind of make hip hop music and elevate, you know, his lyrics and his sound with the use of, you know, his religion and his connection to it. But he didn't do that here. He didn't do it to a, a large extent. I'll say that. No, I actually agree. In fact, you you hit on a, per, a point perfectly when it comes to this album. If you already, you know, again, if you are yourself a Christian or at least someone who can appreciate someone, you know, um, expressing their faith, your affinity towards this project will probably be a lot higher. Because like I said, mm-hmm. because again, like you already preaching to the choir for lack of a better term. But to those who, you know, either on the fence or, you know, not inclined whatsoever, there's nothing to chew on outside of like, again, like the surface level takes and you're right. The surface level, because like, like again, the surface level takes, I think are interesting because of the source material in which they come from. But 
like I said, this is, you know, like you said, and I said, this is not Jesus Walks the album or Ultra Light Beam. And if he decided to put more of his personal experience, like you said, in this tape, and then again, incorporate the religious angle in terms of how he found salvation or how he found himself struggling, or all, like, again, if, if he had the, the, the human touch in the, the, the human element, so to speak, in there, I think it would be a lot more relatable towards people that people could say, hey, like I said, they, they might question their own connection towards God or at least, you know, get a deep understanding of one someone of yeah. faith. Now, I guess the reason why I didn't expect that is because remember on Ye, when, again, the whole situation happened about slavery and all that stuff in this, like, Trump, mm-hmm. Trump wave, he could have low-key made a song addressing what he meant by that comment, which, granted, he technically did when he made the song Gay versus the People when he and T.I. Oh, yeah. did a song together where they're debating each other. Oh, but that, to me, felt like a very surface-level approach and could have really been dissected. Or even just him making a song about him rocking with, you know, Trump. And that could have been itself be a storyline about, like, don't you hate or, like, let me be. Or, like, he's the guy we have. Like, I get it if you don't like him, but hating is not going to change the situation. But he just kind of detached himself from the topic. So, therefore, I, I didn't come from the expectation that he was going to incorporate his personal life into this new album. But now that you bring that up, that does kind of take a couple of points off. Now that I think, like, yeah, like, it would have been, like... Because like you said, right, like he went through the tumultuous situation and now he's all of a sudden religious. Cool. But obviously some people could be a little bit spe- uh, skeptical to say, like, yeah. well, coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. And if he, I guess, like, addressed how, you know, the, how's the revelation towards God, Jesus and all that made things better, gave him, you know, insight and light. I think that would have been, even him just, even him making a song made about how he went to Uganda, right? Or was it Ghana or Uganda where he I think it was Uganda. partially was working? Hmm? I think it was Uganda. So one of the African countries, we're assuming it's Uganda. If he even like made a song about his experience over there and him like doing charity work and that sort of uh-huh. bringing forth his awareness of God, that that honestly would be something we can like again chew on and gnaw on. He removed him. Okay, he removed his personal experience out of the album, but he still had this sort of narcissistical dispositions in there that yeah. definitely gave it because it, it's not purely a gospel album. If it was, then cool. It would just be gospel, but it, it's still clearly like Kanye isms in there. Yeah. But like, it lacks the personal touch, which makes it again less impactful. So unless that you're already on that wave, what what outside of one or two listens, what are you getting from it? And unfortunately, the mixing and mastering, like even just on a polishing aspect, I, you know, Kanye is continuing the sort of rough around the edges aesthetics, which I don't think definitely did not aid the album, in my personal opinion. Yeah. And, and to kind of touch on this last point with what you mm-hmm. said, with the, there's there are the yayisms in here, and I'm thinking like, how could he have like, if if you were gonna do that, you could have made, I don't know how well this would have gone over, and this is, it sounds terrible in terms of an idea of an album, but you could have made the Jesus version of Jesus is King, and kind of point out to the hypocrisy of your audience, you know, in terms of like. Why do you guys get the chance to judge me in terms of, you know, what I, you know, I as a religious person or my choices that I've made, you know, what are you guys looking at in terms of me that you could look at yourselves as well? Um, that would have been kind of cool. That's something that like popped up in my head, like in, in terms of like, you know, yeah, we're, I think we're kind of criticizing him a little bit in terms of like, you're, you say you're religious, you come out with an album centered around religion but it doesn't go too in depth. What's what's the issue here? Why are we so skeptical skeptical about this? Maybe he could have flipped it around and just been like, "Y'all are just, y'all are sinners as well. Y'all are not 
you guys are not self-righteous people you know he could have done that too that would have been interesting now, he i feel like he, he he touched on that topic briefly in uh the song like that he gets judged by the christians if you remember that one where nobody listens it's a uh, the song right before uses gospel let me read it let me you know find a song what hands on yeah hands on yeah he yeah. briefly but again it's like literally like a one lyric it's just one and that that goes more just like you said it could have been fleshed out yeah i definitely think that this album has interesting ideas or even interesting lyrics but yeah it, the overall concept is just praise god shout out to jesus he's my lord and savior and that's cool but he didn't go all the yeah. way with it because I still see the Kanye-isms and he didn't bring enough of Kanye in it to make it relatable to the common man, which, mm-hmm. like I said, like like we both agree, unless you're already on the way, the album's not going to hit and unfortunately it's not polished enough for it even to just be enjoyed on a musical level yeah. itself. Yeah, at the end of the day, yeah, all those points that you just brought up, it's pretty much... What is it? What is interesting though is that now obviously with his future takes and having you know previewed a little bit of Donda, I imagine that he's still going to have the religious inclination in his, you know, uh, in his music, right? Either by not cursing or by introducing God in there. I, I'm excited in the sense that some of the God-driven songs on Donda felt a little bit more personable, if you remember, if if, if you vaguely remember, even just the feel. And look, look, maybe I'm selfish in this one, right? But. I kind of would like to see him write a song about either him struggling with the passing of his mother in a religious sect sense mm-hmm. or how God was able to give him the strength to kind of move on during his, you know, trials and tribulations. Because yeah. remember the song, again, when he's crying about the loss of his family and the down, the, you know, his, his mother's the, the vocal track playing in the background about yeah, yeah. the qualities of a man is. I feel like if you had such a song with maybe a religious tonality where Jesus, again, is like, we'll lift him up, we'll, you know, be with him during sorrowful, yeah. sorrowful moments, I think really could be a very powerful statement about his, you know, how, again, how his faith in Christ allows him to, like, carry on or, you know, allows him to give the perspective that, you know, it's not all lost in a sense. Yeah, but, you know, I think that's what I'm looking forward to, to this album. I think if he's going to remove, to me, yeah, he's in this, new era he's in the jesus is king era and i think if if he's going to close that chapter then that's fine but if he's going to continue down this wave with the donda release that's coming out then i think dropping the whole like the label of this is a christian album or this is a gospel album i think that might be boxing him in a little bit or maybe it's uh giving expectations in terms of us as the audience members and Mm -hmm what he can come up with and maybe there's going to be some conflict there but like you said if if there's going to be elements of religion and his mother's passing and if he can kind of flesh that out and maybe even update the sound a little bit and you know whatever popularize it or modernize the sound whatever it is i think the album would actually pretty pretty interesting to listen to i i don't think i think now where Kanye is I don't think he's really in the I don't think he's really in the mindset of like coming out with another My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy if he does come out with another album that's great but I think he's in this lane now and he's going to try to come out with another album that might follow up Jesus is King with Donda so that's a little bit exciting but it's also a little bit scary because the stuff that we heard on the live stream wasn't too 
it wasn't clear and we don't have the studio album to listen to as well but mm -hmm. um yeah it seems like kanye is still in his bag of exploring ideas instead of creating a concrete project and he has the right to let's not sit here and act like he needs to drop any type of music because that same freedom is what gave us you know 808s yeezus pablo to a certain extent you know like even 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 on the first album if you think about it yeah so like obviously that that spirit never changed and that's why again i never really believed in the old new kanye but that hunger or that folk like maybe kanye needs to fail a little bit so that he can kind of go into the studio and recognize oh. hey like like no because remember how no, the whole situation with taylor swift happened that like the whole taylor swift situation happened and that kind of like really got him into gear to make dark twisted yeah you know yeah you're right well, maybe he does need to twice. fail a little bit maybe he needs a, a reality check and um get rid of some uh some of those yes men around him um but yeah i think we're cautiously like looking forward to donda that's about it yeah i know we kind of just we kind of went over basically his whole discography, his solo discography, but we'll so wait we'll, to see. We'll wait to see what Donna brings us, but if we ever get it, that's true. But yo, I think that's a place where we can leave it off. I think with next week with our boy Isaiah Rashad dropping that album, we'll be giving that a full episode dedicated. We'll maybe try to throw in some. Uh, other topics, whatever comes out during that week in terms of news, anything else dropping. But for right now, we're just waiting for Donda. Hey, man, what if Donda dropped on the same day Zay did? Oh, my God. Who are you listening to first? Isaiah. <laughs> he deserves it. Hey, hold, hold up, hold up. How do you feel about that new Zero Zay single that he dropped? The what? The new single he dropped. On oh, on, on the album? I liked it. Yeah. It, announced, it, it had a nice bounce to it. it I did. like the female feature verse. She definitely the, added a little extra sauce. I do have, like, a, with that track, I think I have a little bit clearer of an idea of what this album might be. Um, I think it's, I think it's going to be like a, I don't want to say an updated version of the Sun's tirade, but I do think he's trying to, I, I think maybe there's a push behind the label, but also maybe him creatively to come up with a sound that can be a little bit popularized and it's and it's a little bit different than what we've heard on Sun's tirade but I think this is kind of the direction he's taking us in which if if he ends up kind of knocking out of the park I think ooh, ooh. I like the vibe of the track so far the singles I like the singles um, obviously it's been a little bit sh of a shaky ride but until the whole body of work is here, I'm just going to enjoy whatever we got. Because remember, bro, we live in a timeline where we got four different Isaiah Rashad singles. No, wait, no. Sorry. Three of them. And then, like, two Lucy's. That's crazy. It is. <laughs> and those singles will be in our rotation. And with that note, this has been Steady Rotation Podcast. Check us out on our socials. Check us out on the platforms. If you're listening to this right now, make sure to subscribe, make sure to hit that follow and yeah, add us at anything, you know, let us know what we've messed up on, whatever you think we messed up on. I don't think we messed up on anything, but that's just me. 
Um, also, if you catch us in the flesh, you know, say what's up. That's true. Very true. All right, this is Steady Rotation. We out. Peace.